Broadcasting live, this is KMA Talk Radio. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. I like to smoke them like some Winston Churchill. Good morning to all our loyal listeners, libertarians, and lovers of the leaf. Honest Abe here from KMA Talk Radio, joining you guys this fine Saturday morning with uh, my two uh, trusted cohorts, uh, the Italian scallion, Paul DeGracco. Hey, hey, hey. Where is my favorite meatball? Where is <laughs> That's like a whole new scene. Listen, I am at the palatial uh, DeGracco Vero Beach Resort. We had breakfast this morning. I had a whole ordeal this week, Bro, and uh, we get that kind of got stuck. Let's get our other brother on, the uh, southpaw from South Philly himself, Alex Tavella. Good right. morning. Good morning. How are we doing? Smoking headquarters live there in Boynton Beach, Florida. Yes. So what is the Salacial? Where are you at in Vero? My, uh, <laughs> um, I'm reading some of the comments. So my my family has a. Uh, a home in Vero Beach where they where they come to for uh, they kind of they kind of do the the snowbird thing and wow. uh, Alex that's where I am. kidding when he calls you an aristocrat man he's an aristocrat <laughs> oh, it's a it's a duplex it's not like a, a big giant mansion or anything it's a, it's a three bedroom house it's nothing crazy but yeah so I feel like, I feel like the Mohegan's done uh. <laughs> um so, so are you, are you? Did you do another Disney trip? Is that why you were up at Vero? We did do a Disney trip, yeah. And uh, we weren't going to go to the parks. The whole country we shutting down again, and you're going to. We aren't going to renew our. Except, let me tell you something. That's true, but let me tell you something. I felt safer in Disney with their with the rules and regulations in there than I did like out and about in in like normal life. So I. Everyone has to wear a mask. The second somebody has their mask off, if they're not stationary, at least six feet away and eating or drinking, they kick them right out. They take them out. They kick them out of the park. It's no joke. Like, yeah, no warning? They, There's they, no three strike rule? Nothing? So when your five-year-old, if you're walking around so without a mask... If your five-year-old takes his mask off, they kick you out of the park? Yeah, so the hardest thing is that uh, it's two and over that has to wear a mask. So imagine trying to get a two-year-old to wear their mask. So when, when your two-year-old takes off his mask, they kick you out of the park? No, they they are a little bit uh, easier on that. So, but they, they, they're on you like that. The second, like, flies on shit, man. The second he took his mask off, somebody was right there saying, hi, uh, we're just gonna need you to put your mask back on, sir. I'm like, all right. <laughs> That's Disney for um, you, you're quick. One of my favorite yeah. books is Disney Ran Your Hospital. Was it? I don't even know what that is. Great book. There's a great book called If Disney Ran Your Hospital. It's a business book, um, and it was originally written geared towards hospitals, but it's about the Disney structure and how Disney runs their company, and to grasp that, how to run your own business. It's a really good book. You know, Disney and customer service and experience and how to – specifically about running a hospital though well it was written specifically about running a hospital 
because the person that wrote it kind of worked. But I mean, it translates to really any business, any business, especially dealing with people. Great book. Wow. All right. Yeah. I mean, I, I read all those books, the Imagineering stuff and the and the hospitality stuff for Disney. You have but not read if Disney ran your hospital. No, I haven't. I'd, I'd like to, but I, I don't run a hospital. So what possessed you to go to Disney? I'm just curious. We had an opportunity. Our friends of ours have a uh, have the timeshare. Uh, my family has it too, but we banked our points because we knew we weren't going anytime soon. And uh, they said they were going to lose like forty points or something, which is a, a night stay in a deluxe resort. And they're like, "If you want to, if you're comfortable with driving up there, we'll let you use our points." So we said we were going to go stay at the boardwalk and not go to the parks. Um, but then my sister in law met us. We got a nice big suite. So my sister-in-law met us. They watched the kids the first night, and Stephanie and I said, let's go see if we're comfortable in the parks, just you and I. We went, felt pretty comfortable, renewed our passes, and brought the kids to Magic Kingdom and Epcot the next two days. So, you know, they stayed in the stroller. Uh, Axel wore his mask. It it was fine. I mean, we, we went on one or two rides, nothing crazy, and just enjoyed the, uh, the atmosphere like what, we always do. What would have made you felt uncomfortable? I don't know, people walking around without masks, I guess. I don't know. There's 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 Purell literally. I don't know where these people I mean, I guess it's Disney. They they probably make it themselves, but there's literally Purell everywhere and none of them are empty. Like they're just constantly available everywhere. Hand washing stations, everybody has to wear a mask. There's all the stuff is spaced out so you can't sit next to other people. You're at least six feet away anywhere you go. So on the rides not packed. On the rides, it's like every third cart has a person in it. Like every yeah, yeah. So just I just Depending want to make sure apart the ride bar. Just want to make sure I understand this right. So your aristocrat friends had a suite at Disney just waiting to be used by you. <laughs> well, we had to buy it, another. He runs in big circles. Stay man. another night. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So anyway, we stayed I'll, at a nice resort. We had a good time. Well, yeah. last night, last night bought. Um, Bought another virtual event to a close. Uh, Zona Palooza finished uh, two day broadcast last night. I was uh, down there last night. That's why I'm here in a hotel room in Miami. Didn't feel like driving back up late, but uh, it was a good time, man. Those guys put a lot of effort. Seems like everybody had good fun. It was very responsive. So a uh, another cigar virtual event goes down in um, in history, I guess. La Zona Palooza and. Uh, I'm not sure there's another one scheduled, but uh, the next big one will be the Great Smoke in 2021. Unless I don't know, if there's anything else scheduled for this year, or early this year. Well, we'll have to ask Coop when we bring Coop him on. Yeah, Coop would know. But yeah, the Great Smoke. So we just got a. I'm excited, man. Yeah, I'm excited and I'm petrified. We were talking about it a little bit last night. You know, Eric had a. You know, I'm looking at Eric's. You know, little. You know, um, I don't know how big that conference room is, but I'm looking at all this little set they built and all the wires and the cables. And, you know, he had some technical problems. And I'm, I'm looking at our floor plan of about, I don't know, 12,000 square foot building with three sets and two hub stations and like trash. Like, oh, man, <laughs> something's going to go wrong. I just feel it, you know. So. Um, but we're pretty excited, man. It's coming along. Uh, we finally got a, a floor plan that we've been waiting for for a while. So we know what it's going to look like, kind of. Now we have to work on Raj. this. What was that? Raj. Your dad's watching. Oh, Roger Dodger. What's up, Roger <laughs> Dodger? So, yeah, we're, we're excited. We're, we're um, 
you know, uh, got the floor plan. We finally know what it's going to look like, which is is big. And, uh, you know, um, ticket sales are going, and we're getting a lot of support. We got we got retailers throwing watch parties uh, for their customers in their shop. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool, man. We got we got some very cool support, and um, you know, the country's getting excited. And it was, I think it's awesome that uh, Michael was available and come down to co-host. That was a big press release. That was this week. I think we released it this week. My yeah, weeks this week, blurred. early this week. Yeah, my weeks are blurred. We released it this week. I'll, I'll tell you what, it is nice to see too, especially with all the bickering that's been going on lately in the cigar. It's nice to see like a retailer saying, I'm going to support another retailer, buy his cigars, which I probably have sitting in my own human yeah. to come yeah. have a party yeah. and have a good time at my shop with my guys. Right. So it's cool yeah. to say. So anybody out there who isn't listening, if you haven't gotten your ticket yet, uh, head over to thegreatsmoke.com. Get your party in a box while they last. We only have a limited amount. We don't know if they'll run out or when they'll run out. But uh, the box alone is going to be an absurd, epic package, killer deal. Literally, it's 40 top premium cigars delivered to your door for like 169 bucks. And um, I think when you, we add up the value of the cigars and the whole package, it's literally over a $430 value. So yeah. if you have a ticket. That's awesome. Yeah, and we got cool stuff. I, I, I'm still negotiating with companies of stuff that's going in the box. Absolutely. So yeah, this is still like a whole right. evolution in the process. You know, I, I haven't I haven't said the company's name yet because it's not finalized. But there's this um really good uh, sausage charcuterie company, and they got this very special blend recipe that they've been working on. And we're actually talking about maybe making the world premiere of it at the Great Smoke, or everybody would get maybe one of these sausages in the kits, and we could talk about it. So that is awesome. Yeah, that is in awesome. Chicago. There's cool, there's cool stuff we're we're still working on in the process. It'll be an evolution, you know, as time goes on. And but uh, I think I think in, in our plan sound, I think our team has got a good you know vision of what accomplished. The rest is going to come down to execution. You know, absolutely. If if if, if uh, a huge thunderstorm doesn't happen and takes out the power grid and we can't broadcast, you know, we should be fine. I think. So that's that. <laughs> Ah, you'll live. It'll be fine. People yeah, understand well, the situations fine. now. Did you guys watch La Zona? Zona Palooza? No, no, because I, I got a beef with Eric, too, because I swear uh -oh. that on this show, he said, you won't be able to be in the Zoom, but we'll broadcast it live on Facebook for everybody to watch. He did say that. Did he happen. said that. Well, did not happen. Well, I'll tell you what. First off, I didn't see it either. It could have been a, a technology audible, right? Because we definitely know where that's been, right? right. It could be a technology audible. <laughs> But the other thing is, you know, Eric really seldom ever has the facts. Correct. That's true. So I was going to say, we should have asked Junior. Yeah, yeah. if you really want to know how something's exactly going down, you should have asked Junior. You're right. Junior <laughs> was the facts. Eric, Eric's like, you know, oh, bro, I didn't walk in. They I'm just going to do what they tell me to do. I'm going to meet They just told me to say, what's up, bro? What's up? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no. What is uh, this that we're doing today? What was that? What is this that we're doing today, bro? Right, right, exactly. No, but um, it was it was fun. It was good hanging out down there. They had a good setup, and uh, you know, I hope it was a very successful for, for event for them because even though it's virtual, I can tell you that stuff is stressing. You know, you still get stressed. Oh yeah. So, speaking of devil, Paul, who we got on the show today? I see. Uh, I see a very special guest. First time. I love when we have first time guests on the show. And it's rare that we have somebody from a company that we've never had before, right? So we've never had anybody ever on the show from well, AJ Fernandez. You know what's great for me? They're all first time. I love it. 
Well, that's, yeah, for you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I, I think it's because we would book them, and then they, they would leave the company before we would get them on the show. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I think that was part of the problem. But, but so, with, like, with a two-year track record going on here, man, it's, 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 it's great to have uh, somebody from finally from this company on our show because it's, 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 it's a uh, pillar. Company's a pillar of production in the cigar industry and the brands they're making. So uh, let's give a warm welcome to Omar Fernandez of AJ Fernandez Cigars. Omar. Good morning, everybody. How are you guys doing? Good, good. You are broadcasting from your hub center there down in uh, Miami, Florida. Is that correct? Absolutely. Right at the cool. headquarter here. Uh, figured it'd be the most quiet place on a Saturday morning. The rumor has it you haven't left that office in the last eight months. Uh, two year, almost two years now. Oh, two years. Okay. <laughs> two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's fun to be here. You know, it's relaxing. Get to smoke in, indoors and uh, and actually get some work done too, which is uh, which is a plus. But yeah, it's a it's very comfortable environment. Well, Omar, since you've really been a first time guest on our show as well as your company, why don't we just start with telling people who you are, what, what is your exact position in the A.J. Fernandez company? Well, uh, I'm the director of operations, and uh, I wear a lot of hats here. I do a lot of things uh, from uh, the daily operations to to talking to great retailers around the country and, and handling all sorts of aspects. We've put together a really good team here uh, at A.J. Fernandez. I think it's honestly one of the best teams out there, and um, and we're very proud of that. So, yeah, run the day-to-day -day operations of what are AJ Fernandez's core lines, his portfolio lines here in the United States. So you're kind of handling all the activity here in the state side. Absolutely, yep, that is correct. Well, that's a pretty big position. Yeah, yeah, definitely. AJ's uh, put his uh, faith and trust in me, and, and I appreciate it. And uh, we work every day as a team here to make sure that uh, that we live up to those expectations because they're really high. Good. Well, now that we know what your position is. I want to get to, we're, we're basically going to walk your history since basically you came out of the womb uh, till today. You're, you're the, the pinnacle of your career. Being on KMA it's going to be a long conversation. No. <laughs> but seriously, where are you from originally? Born and raised here in Miami, Florida. Okay. Um, Miami. Right born. here. Never left. Uh, well, I did leave, uh, traveled a little bit, obviously, but uh, born and raised here and. Went to school here in Miami and uh, went to college here in Miami as well. I didn't want to leave. You know, I had mom, dad, grandma, grandpa. Everybody's here. Why would I want to leave? You know, that you great play, home cooking. Did you play any sports in college? Uh, yeah, played uh, played some baseball. Uh, baseball. In Miami Dade and um, at FIU as well. Uh, some Division One baseball. I was a pitcher. Um, so that was uh, that was uh, actually that's how I. I ended up in this country because my grandfather left Cuba in the mid fifties to play professional baseball for the Washington senators. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. And oh. then, uh, uh, he got hurt here after a couple of years, went to Mexico to play there, played nine years in the Mexican league. And then he couldn't go back to Cuba. Is that by that time it's mid to late sixties. So you were uh, close to being Mexican. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that no, is correct. Yep. Yeah. Mexican. Could have been Mexican, just like our rep out of Texas, Hector. Yeah, could have shared that. What happened if your grandfather finished playing in Mexico? Well, he finished there. He didn't want. He he had a lot of good friendships and whatnot, but he he knew he didn't want to stay there. He wanted to come here. Uh, his the family had some of the family had already settled here in Miami, so he wanted to come here to Miami. And uh, 
and then he started coaching high school baseball uh, all the way through to the time I graduated high school. Wow. Yeah. So you you were a pitcher and and, and you you played you played uh, minor league baseball too, I hear. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I signed so with the Dodgers. Didn't end in in college. So no, no. Moved on. Moved on. Played a year in uh, minor league ball with the Dodgers the year after the strike. Um, and then they had to let a bunch of people go. So I usually, uh, now that they won the, the, the world series and congratulations to the Dodgers, you know, I, you know, I, I joke around and say, you know, they didn't have to wait that long. If they wouldn't have let me go. Wow. A few. <laughs> wow. So what was, what was your best pitch? Were you, were uh, you, I had a big 12 to six curveball. Oh, 12, uh, wow. 12 to six, big curveball, you know, low nineties, fastball, um, you know, normal stuff, slider, change up, you know. I'm trying to find a picture of you. Go on eBay. My I baseball bet, cards are there. I'm not selling it, them. What, nice. What was the team? What was the farm team name? The, was farm, the Dodgers uh, or the Great Falls Dodgers. Okay. I'm looking. Yeah. If you look on eBay, you see that. And then I played another year of independent ball in Richmond, Indiana with the Richmond Roosters. Uh, and that was really, really fun. Paul and I were talking about that earlier. And, uh, it was, it was a great time, just no money, you know. It was right. $650 a month gross. So, Abe, remember when I told you how when I when I worked in minor league baseball, I made more money as the on-field host part-time than most of the players? Yeah. He confirmed that. We we paid our guys. Our league minimum was $850 a month. He They paid them $650 a month to play baseball and travel. And, and it was 72 home games, right? So 144 games? Or yep. so I, and I knew where every Western Union was. You know, because money had to be coming every week, you know, because you, you can't survive on that. Who's sending you the money? Family. Wow. Yeah. So basically, they want you to starve in the hopes that you may make it to the majors. Right. Yes. Yes. That is correct. It's kind of, it's kind of like legalized slavery. In a way. Yeah. I mean, it's kind Absolutely. of. Yeah. 650 a month. It's, it was brutal. There's 5,000 other people that, you know, maybe as talented as you that, that want to do this gig, I guess. They, they look at it that way. From anywhere in the world. Right. From anywhere in the right. world. Right. I, is this you, Omar? That's it. That was a few pounds ago. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's cool. What year is that for? That's 1995. I don't know why they did it in black and white. It makes me look right. I'm 87 today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow, he was playing with Babe Ruth. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow. They're, they're, trying to, they're trying to age you. Yeah, I finished second behind Cy Young, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> how, how long How long do do does somebody spend in the minors before they either move up or they say, yeah, I'm not going anywhere. You know, that varies. Um, I played with uh, guys that have been there 10, 11 years. I had played with some guys that that's, that had a plan. They said, listen, okay. I'm going to, I'm so going to do this up. for, let me ask you at, at, at 10 and 11 years. It's not that they still believe they're going to get picked up. They just made that their way of life. I think deep down inside, they would not let go of the dream. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. These guys are married. They have kids. Um, they it, it, they make they make it work. I, it's a lot of support from uh, family, but they they don't give up on that dream. They won't give up on the dream. 
Um, they have girlfriends in every at, in every city that they travel to. That too. That too. Well, it's yeah, just like of- it reminds me of the guys I was hanging with at the shop last night. There's a group of guys that comes down. They come to Florida once a year, um, and they play this these baseball tournaments. It's a traveling team. Shout out to the Diamond Dream Mustangs. Yeah. But um, they come down every year. They play tournaments in Florida. They were just out in uh, Arizona a couple of weeks ago, and these guys don't get paid at all. But they're just a traveling team that love the sport, still want to play. They're fifty and up is the league but um you know some this is just what they do whether they get played or not you know some of these guys probably had dreams but and this is you know what they have but they love it you know you gotta understand abe some of these guys some of these guys in in a lot of these leagues especially the independent leagues are still working with former major league guys you know ricky henderson was in our league uh i mean controversially uh john rocker was in our league like we we worked uh, tony clark from the yankees like i i met a lot of these uh, you know uh ex-major leaguers that had played for a few years that just don't want to stop some of them have the money to just to just do what they want to do some of them don't but you know they they kind of they kind of feed off of their energy because these guys were in the big show so they're like and he's he's 45 you know ricky henderson was playing with us when he was in his late 40s and it's just they're playing with Ricky Henderson, uh, you know, on the field with them. They're like, look, this could this could happen. Like this guy knows people. I could, you know, I I think right. it keeps feeding the dream. Yeah. But uh, so Omar, how how close did you get to 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 coming from the minors up into the majors? Did you not, did close, you have not close enough? Because ninety five when I signed um, was the year after the the big strike before steroids saved baseball really and and. Um, it, it was a tough time. The Dodgers had a very big farm system. And uh, at the end of the season, they, they the rumor was they needed to release 60 guys. 60 guys is a lot. That's over two teams. And they needed to let them go to make room for, um, you know, fi- to make financial sense. So the right. people that they had the least amount of money in, invested in, it didn't matter who you were, you were gone. You know, and that's why I went independently. And, and that in and of, of itself is a business uh, at a much smaller scale because that farm team, as owners that live locally and, and want to make money. So it, it becomes difficult. You know, I, I tell a lot of people that once once you go past college, it really becomes a business. I mean, high school is probably right. the most purest form. You're all friends. There's that brotherhood. But professional baseball, it's it's every man for himself, even though it's a team sport in, in a way. You know, well, yeah, you get some brotherhoods, but there's a lot of competition. Everybody wants your job. Right. Right. So let me ask you a question, because I worked in minor league baseball for for 10 years in the independent leagues. But I did you know, I was the marketing guy. I did the I did the community relations for a while full time. But but for those 10 years, I was the on field promotions host. Right. So we we build ourselves. I mean, we had major leaguers on our team. We had guys that got called up to the to the majors. But it was we did we did surveys with people and 90 percent of the people that would leave the ballpark didn't know what the score was when they left. They didn't know who won the game. So it was more for us about the family entertainment aspect. As a player, did you hate guys like me that would like run out for the 90 seconds between the half innings and, you know, do like the duck dash and, and, you know, the stupid crap on the field and get in your way? I mean, especially as a pitcher, because, because you, you basically had your time to warm up and you had us running around like lunatics on the field. What was that like in the minors? Did you, did you experience that in the minors? Yeah, I actually enjoyed it uh, because as a starting pitcher, you only play every four or five days, so you had time. 
to right. you know the days that we weren't and I wasn't pitching. I got a, I got a wristwatch on. I got sneakers on because all I did was run, uh, keep right, the book. Right. So so when the guys that that did what you did would give us break that monotony. It's like, hey, I'm going to need your help. Can you go to first and help the kid? You know who's running the bases or whatever. The best thing that happened. Uh, I had a, a situation. I didn't know this was going to happen. Uh, we had I don't know if you guys remember Morgana the kissing cat bandit. She came out on the field. Um, I've got some pictures of that. Um, I'll look it up. <laughs> yeah. 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 Hey, you know that is? Yeah. She would run out and kiss players during the game. Yeah. Yeah. And that was awesome. That was really, really cool. You got to pull up a picture of her. Oh, that's, um, oh my God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, never, you never had her on the, in oh, 10 yeah. years? Paul, oh, you should get her on KMA. See if she's still around. Yes. No, I don't think we had. I, let me uh, Let me put the picture up now. Wow. Yeah, this is a, a a back view of her, but and you should see how how she was running she, running around on the field. Oh yeah, damn. So and she then, uh, so she came up to you. Yes, uh, and I've got I've got pictures of that. Um, my wife keeps them tucked away at home, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know. And uh, we also had I got to meet Pete Rose on the All Star game, and we had in the minor league. Uh, they had him come really? out and. Uh, Really nice guy, right? His, yeah, his son pretty, played for our team cool. for years, and he is he came in he came to our ballpark in in socks and sandals and slides and yeah. and just sat in the dugout the whole time. What was that yeah. like to meet to meet Pete Rose? It it was uh, it was surreal, you know. It, it seems as though everybody and this is now keep in mind this is mid to late nineties, and everybody's telling him, "Man, you you deserve to be in the hall." And and I'm in that camp. I mean, it's 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 enough, you know. It, it's time. It's time to get him in there. I agree. I agree. So, life after baseball, what happens? Well, I always liked cigars. Uh, I had an uncle who, who smoked cigars, and I loved going to his house. And um, and so I got involved with, with some people here in Miami. Uh, actually, right as I finished uh, my career, opened up a, a cigar factory in Little Havana in 1997. Very small. Um six, seven hand rollers, most difficult time in the world to, to buy tobacco. There was no tobacco. Uh, <laughs> what, what made you, I mean, why factory? You know, most people, when they think about, okay, I'm going to do cigars, they'll think about a store. What made you say I'm going to do a, a factory? There was, there was always, um, I was always intrigued about, about how to put blends together and how tobacco came together and from different regions. And what if you did this with this and, and tried this, this filler with this blend over here. And, and um, then when I get into it, of course you can't buy tobacco anywhere because you couldn't find anything. The only thing that was on the market was Indonesian, everything, you know, filler binder wrapper, you know? Um, I remember uh, going to Ernesto Perez Carrillo at that time, uh, was still at El Credito with La Gloria Cubana and uh, would beg him to give me a couple pounds of Dominican filler just to roll a few cigars to be able to do something. And uh, he was, pretty much the only one who, who would help us out at that time, whether it was cellophane or whatever we needed, uh, he would he would help us out. And by the way, he had a line around the corner because everybody at that time wanted to buy uh, the Miami-made Wavels. You know, that was uh, interesting times. Isn't that something he's at the top of his game? And, and you're not the first person. Um, I remember, I think it was Jonathan, pretty sure it was Jonathan Drew, was telling me a story early on in the factory where – they were having some kind of production issue, and they just couldn't really figure it out. And um, Ernesto had actually gone down to, to 
to look and give them advice and help them out early on in the day. I mean, just there's so many stories of Ernesto being that cool. But I mean, you were going around to everybody. Nobody was giving you nothing at that time, right? No, nothing. I, I remember I've heard Jonathan mention that story. Yeah, uh, Vernetto and I, um, my, I was hoping I had it right. Yeah, yeah. We had Miami Cigars, our first uh, distributor, and I remember my first uh, RTDA at, at that time, which became the IPCPR, which is now the PCA. I shared a booth with uh, Gurkha, a ten by ten, very uh, very simple. And uh, I remember showing up the night before the show starts. Everybody's in the lobby. It was in uh, in Orlando, and everybody's just hanging out. And I show up with a pickup truck with tables, cigars, and you know, you name it, and started carrying the stuff in. And and Neto saw us, saw me there, and said, got his guys and said, hey, help them out, set them up over there. Come on, I'm gonna introduce you to people. And took me to the lobby. I'm in shorts and a t-shirt. Everybody's dressed nice. Uh, and he introduced me to everybody there. I mean, it was it was surreal, you know, because I knew all these people. I didn't know them. I knew of them. I had smoked their cigars, but. To get to meet them and now I'm sharing the show floor with them was was amazing, you know. Now I'm sure people are going to ask because they don't know, but they're seeing the name Omar Fernandez of AJ Fernandez. Is, is there any uh, direct relation to uh, AJ Fernandez? No, I haven't been able to figure it out yet. I don't think there is. Uh, you know, called, uh, what's that? What's that tree called? Or Twenty Three and Me or whatever it is. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. I haven't checked that out yet. Um, you know, knowing AJ, AJ has so many cousins. Everybody's a cousin. There's <laughs> tons of cousins. So, so now that I've, I've met a lot of cousins, I don't even know if I am or not, but I don't know if I even want to be. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people. It's not a very a select group. <laughs> but then again, you know, he's got a lot of cousins. You know, remember, he comes from Cuba. Uh, not a lot of entertainment out there, not a lot of TV. So, you know, big families, you know. Right. So, so other than it being a cool fact that your last name is Fernandez and you ended up finding and getting a job with a company called AJ Fernandez, do you ever go out there and people mistaken you and think it's your company? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this this is – it's it's crazy. I, I don't know how many times I've actually – people come up and say, oh, AJ, come here. I love your cigars. Can you sign a box for me? And I'm like, all right, I just signed Omar Fernandez. That's uh, just like I did when I played baseball, you know? That's great. Uh, and people tell me, hey, I met you, you know, 2012 in whatever city. I, I, that wasn't me, you know? And, and then I'm talking to them, and I'm like, how did – they must have think that AJ got Rosetta Stone and really worked at it and right. has no act, you know? Because the, the English became perfect, you know? AJ, listen, AJ speaks very good English. He understands a lot, and he speaks good English. He just – He's he's a little shy about it, not a little bit, a lot. Yeah, well, I had the pleasure of being down there. He 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 was a gracious host, great facility, and uh, you know, very busy, busy, busy guy, man. He's pumping out Extremely. a lot of cigars. You guys are producing. I don't know if I have the stats here, but I think an epic number of cigars a year. Didn't yeah, it, about, didn't about I read twenty something million? That, so like you could you have the capability with the two factories of doing a hundred thousand hand rolled cigars a day. Is that Accurate? That's correct. Yeah, hundred thousand a day. Insane. Yeah, it is. And and he wants to continue to grow. Um, he's constantly listening. Every his investments, his bank is the tobacco. It's the fields. It's the farms. He's constantly in reinvesting, reinvesting, reinvesting to to perfect his craft, to have the inventory, 
to be able to to sustain all these brands, not only his, but but the rest of them that he does. And that's, you know, I, I've said this before. When when you think of AJ Fernandez, he is hands on in the fields, in the factory. He is a grower. He's a farmer. That's where he finds joy and comfort. I mean, for me, I'd love to be in a beautiful beach with my family around, you know, just enjoying the sun and uh, and water right. sports and whatnot. For him, it's the farms, it's the it's the people there, the interaction, the tobacco. That's right. it. That that's where he does his his best work. That's where he does his masterpiece. Yeah. Does he spend a lot of time in the states? He used to come about every month. Um, now with COVID, he didn't. He was here, but last in March, and then uh, just was here two and a half weeks ago. And uh, and his hope, I think he's he's planning on coming down before the year's out, but. He doesn't spend enough time here, but when he's here, he's hyper focused on what's going on over there because they're sending him videos and pictures, and and right. um, and he's involved in every aspect. You know, he's very, very, very hands on. He's a so farm guy from the core, huh? Yeah. So Absolutely. When they say under the watchful eye, under the watchful eye of AJ Fernandez, he's he's actually there. Oh, <laughs> that's that's it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and if. It, it's not so much that it, it, if he were to be able to to travel more and interact more throughout this country, throughout the world, um, and people get to know him and, and see that aspect. But he always tells people, come down to Nicaragua. Now, unfortunately, yep. we can't now. But hopefully when we get this a, a viable vaccine and everybody can start traveling again, we will be able to get more and more people down there and see what see where that our motto comes from, the passion, discipline, and great tobacco. You know, it starts with the passion. He's got the passion for that, you know, so he can deliver these cigars to us to enjoy. And he's, so you guys have farms spread out throughout spread out. Nicaragua, right? Yeah. So yep. all I, the I, mean, region. I don't know if this is all of them, but I see Condega, Jalapa, Esteli, Pueblo Nuevo, um, Ometepe. Yeah. So how many actual farms are there? Or is that not something you guys disclose? I think last time he told me, his personal farms that he has, and he told me fourteen. Really, and wow. then uh, and then there's co-ops, as most people do with with other uh, farmers that might be next door behind you and whatnot. So you've got these, let's say, hundred acres, but you're growing in the other fifty next door, a hundred behind you. So there's thousands of acres of land that he right. controls these, and grows. These are on. not small small operations by any no. stretch of the imagination. So it's not like he's just an Esteli. And he goes from his house to the factory to a, one or two farms. No, it's two hours to the farm in uh, in, in Jalapa, and then go to to Ocatal at the other factory, and then go to the south, and go to. He's all over the place, and he's driving around these places, and he he sometimes will stay overnight in one, and and then come back. But that's what I mean by being hands on. Most of the time, when I call him, he tells me, "Hey, let me call you when I get home because I, you know, I'm in the middle of the farm. I, and there's no reception out here, you know. Right. So that that's. That's usually the case. So we normally speak at night. You need to get the AJ Fernandez chopper and the helipad going. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Yeah. That's what you guys need. Though I do not fly choppers or helicopters. Yeah, I've only done it once. We discussed this. No choppers. No, no, no choppers. So listen, we, 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 we skipped a beat. So I just want to connect the dots a little bit better here. You got your own factory in Miami. You're starting your own brand. How does it go from there to AJ Fernandez Cigar Company? Yeah, so I I, um, I had my own brand. It wasn't, you know, I had a, a partner and we had our difference of opinions and, and work ethics and whatnot. So 
I ended up selling him the brand around, I think it was 04, and uh, kind of got out. Of, I was going to, I got out a little bit for a little while, and then I came back in. In 2015, I met a gentleman by the name of Angel Aguayo who released uh, a brand, was trying to release a brand called La Gran Yave. And, um, and that's where I met AJ. And uh, AJ was a personal friend of Angel's, and they started, AJ, AJ said, listen, this is what I think the cigar should be. And it was a hit. I mean, it was phenomenal, amazing blend. The Grand Yave cigar. La Gran Yave, La Gran Yave cigar. Michael Argeni had been involved in that as project as well. There was, and it, it had a little momentary blip in history. Yeah, but yeah. Literally, it, it just showed up. People start talking about it, and then the cigar disappeared. What happened? It's um, it's kind of uh, it was given uh, exclusivity to CI, and that once it goes there, not, then not the, the, the distribution is limited. Not in the beginning. No, not at the beginning. Yeah, not at the beginning. Came to my store trying to sell us a cigar. Yeah. Because of our long relationship and how many years I'd known him, we bought it right. in. It was, yeah. it was a good cigar. I mean, I smoked it. Yeah. I was very impressed with the cigar. And um, but and then we started seeing people talking about it, a little excitement. Yeah. It just died. So why did they end up giving the distribution to CI? Yeah, that because it was it was a lot more uh, like it wasn't a a, um, a big seller, if you will. It was a more higher priced than what most people were used to paying for an AJ Fernandez cigar. So it went to CI direct. And came off the portfolio as AJ added new lines into his portfolio. And is the brand in production anymore? Or is it gone? Is it it's, it's it's on and off. It's still at CI, so the brand is still at CI. It's a CI um, brand now. It's a uh, it's kind of an exclusive for CI. Uh, you never know what could happen, and you might see it again uh, in the portfolio because AJ does have a lot of brands that he has that gives exclusivity to different people, and. Um, and he can always, at any time, bring it back to the stable. So, so you're involved in that project, yeah? Yeah, and then, and then I met AJ. We had talked. Um, we we even traveled uh, a few times together, uh, and, and kind of talked about doing this. Um, he had a lot of uh, shortcomings. He had a lot of pitfalls, and and because he's not here, hands on in the U.S., uh, he needed uh, somebody to that that, that kind of knew how to how to maneuver the waters, so to speak. And uh, the time finally uh, came to fruition in March of 2019, where I was able to come on board and uh, and start to to impose a little bit of, uh, of of the ideas that we had talked about, the things that he wanted to achieve in the United States, building the team that that he always dreamt of. And uh, like I told you earlier, I think we have one of the best uh, representations in this country. Our sales force is uh, is second to none. And here in the distribution in Miami. We concentrate on supporting our reps and our retailers that are out there. That's our number one function. That's what this building is for, is to give that support uh, to all the fine tobacconists around the country that we deal with and to reach out to those that maybe we're not dealing with, to have those relationships. This is all about relationships, and you've had tons of people on the show talk about that, and it's very important because I know, you guys know, any store can survive without brand X. They don't need a specific brand. What is behind that brand? How is that relationship that you've been able to foster? That's very important. It's important to me. It's important to AJ. And our team gets it. Now, you guys, on top of making cigars for people, you handle distribution, correct? On a very small scale. Well, so, for instance... Uh, 
the first time that AJ did that was uh, with Ramon Ayones, and that came out in 2018. So we have a um, an that agreement. Was, that was a general brand, wasn't it? That, yeah, it still is a general brand. So we we distribute, we manufacture and distribute the Ramon Ayones brand, and so AJ completely redid that blend and and uh, the packaging. And really, in my opinion, knocked it out of the park. It is uh, cool. something he's very proud of. So, 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 I just want to make sure I understand. You make it, you sell it, and you distribute it. Correct. That is correct. So that basically, that's not. That's almost more like of a licensing deal that that you guys yes. you're allowed to use the name. That's correct. Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. what we have licensing deal. But you also have a situation like, I mean, uh, Viva La Vida, right? So here's With a Viva La Vida. Yep. So here's a brand that. Other guys, now they had AJ. Was that originally an AJ blended cigar? So no, originally uh, the brothers Billy and Gus um, from Artesano del Tabaco. You know they were retailers, as uh, as a lot of people know, up in New York City. Excuse me, just want to remind Paul. Might want to maybe mark that down. Maybe we could have those guys on uh, sometime on camera. Yeah. So so Billy and Gus from Artesano. Yeah. Um, they had the New York cigar in. You know, uh, for twenty some odd years before they got out of it, they always uh, wanted to to do their own cigar. So they approached AJ years ago to talk about a cigar. They went down to Nicaragua. AJ uh, took what they wanted. This is how people blend at the factory, right? Hey, I'm looking for X, Y, Z. I'm looking for these flavors, strength, this type of body, and whatnot. And AJ makes samples for them, and they try it out. So that's exactly what they did. Now they were doing this on their own. They had another company doing fulfillment for them, and um, one day, uh, actually at the uh, IPCPR last year, I I got to meet them. I had already had the cigar. I thought it was phenomenal, and I didn't. I noticed we didn't have anything like that in our portfolio, and I said, you know what? Let me uh, let me approach my. The first thing I told them when I met them, I said, hey, how come we don't distribute that cigar? And they said, let's do it. And we started talking. Uh, September 2019, we signed a distribution agreement with them, and uh, you can ask them. I'll be honest with you; it has been a pleasure to work with them. Very easy to work with, and uh, and now you know it's all it's available all over the country. It's a brick and mortar only product, so uh, because they want to stay true to that to that brick and mortar retailer, you know. So yes, it's harder for some people to get it. However. Some of the retailers around the country will ship for them. So you advertise it online, call the store, support you know somebody uh, in in your local area, maybe a little further away, but everyone should be able to get their hands on that cigar. So it's you, in our portfolio. You very you very seldom hear about um, these stories working out well. What do you think made this one so so successful? Um, we really understood each other and we really get along on a personal level and I understand what they're trying to do. Uh, they're not trying to squeeze out every single penny. They're trying to make a really good cigar and have really good relations. These guys are all about service, customer service, support, and putting out a good product. That's why they sought out AJ Fernandez to do this. And then anyone that follows them on social media will see that, uh, these guys are really, really genuine guys. And, um, and they're down to earth, you know. There's no egos there, so that's the reason it has worked out. Interesting. Very interesting. You, you've got you've got KMA fans asking Alex to bring that cigar in. <laughs> Omar, so I have a question. 
So you got you kind of handle everything in the states and what's going on and 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 with different retailers and whatnot. Do you guys like really have to explain these things to AJ and like what really make? It seems to me like I don't know, but AJ sounds like he's just kind of a farm guy, just wants to make cigars, roll tobacco, be in the farms. Um, that whole other side of the business is that something that you guys like really have to get him on board with? Well, we, we have, you know, AJ. Early on, I I used to call him for everything, and he told me flat out. What did I hire you for? If you're gonna, if you, you know, I can't make every decision. These are things you got to do, and right. so I understood that early on. You know, um, that. that's a, that sounds like something Abe would say. I hear that quite yeah. often. <laughs> what did I hire you for? You know, but it, it's it's funny because AJ hears about this side of the business from some of the highest level people in the biggest companies in tobacco. You know, so their experiences might not be the same as us or other companies like us. So it, it really doesn't match up. So we, yes, we do have to explain a lot of these things and why they work this way and how they work um, so that he has a, a better understanding of a company of, of our size versus a conglomerate. Right. Now, well, when now, you say a company of our size, you're still, I mean, Abe, you correct me if I'm wrong of the, of the smaller, I mean, we're not talking like a, a big giant, uh, you know, corporate company, but you guys are a decent sized company, right? I mean, a hundred thousand cigars a day potential, at least that, that you can make. It's still a decent size, but it's still run like a small business is what you're saying, Omar. Yeah, no. And, and, the, and the bulk of that usually, you know, remember AJ makes a lot of great cigars for a lot of different companies, you know, so we're not his, his brands, his core brands, new world, San Lotano, Diaz de Gloria, Bellas Artes, Last Call. Those are his brands that he decided to make, put the blends together because no one's telling him how to do it or what to do it. He picks everything in that, and that's what we sell. The other brands that he makes, you know, the Diesels, the Man of War, Ave Maria, um, Aging Room, uh, Quattro, which is Cigar of the Year for Cigar Fees Now, we don't, we don't, those don't come to our distribution. So that's a factory customer. Yeah, there's, you know? there's aspects to the business, Paul. There, there, yeah. There's the, the factory, you know, and what's going on right. in Nicaragua and what they're doing and the size of what they're doing. And then there's the U.S.-based business of the what they own and their brands and their footprint here in the States, which, you know, since I've been dealing with A.J. Fernandez as a company, has constantly been growing as well and popularity as well. So, um you know, it's good to see. It's absolutely good to see. Um, how how did the hurricane affect you guys? Were you guys okay? Yeah, for the most part, uh, there was uh, more damage towards the north from what I hear, especially closer to Honduras. And Honduras, just from, from what we're hearing, just got blasted. Uh, it, it's not looking good over there. But uh, there's always, uh, you know, rivers that, that, you know, flood their banks and, and um, do some damage, but luckily there was no tobacco in the ground. Um, and they're gonna, it might delay the growing a little bit, or at least the start of the growing season, because the seedlings are, are are in right now. They should have been planting already, but uh, thank God it was okay. Now it looks like there's another storm from what I was seeing heading uh, possibly in that area. Where's the meteorologist? Uh, that normally, yeah, that's nobody who's on right now. <laughs> That normally would have been Adam. Adam would have known. Coop's thing. Right. Coop would know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, Coop will know. Well, yeah, because Coop always talks about how every storm that's in existence that's named always ends up in, in uh, North Carolina at some point. <laughs> the tail ends of it. That's funny. So, yeah. But this is a record year for those storms, right? For named storms, yeah. but it's a record year. Yeah. Yep. Record year. I think they made a record for how many at one time, too. Really? Yep. yep. At one time. So, Omar, as part of your job, how often are you required to go down to uh, the factory? Because I know, you know, people are trying to get there. There's no flights going in, no commercial flights still going in there. Yeah, there's some people going through Avianca down there, but you got to jump through some hoops, uh, COVID testing, and you got to go through a third country. So it's it's a lot harder to get down there. But um, you go through a third country. So if you do have anything, let's just spread it to another country before you. Is that what they're doing? Yeah, I guess they don't have direct flight, so they go to a third to a middle middle of the road place and stop there for a little while, and then they take you over. So it didn't originate from the U.S. Right. Tricky, yeah. tricky. I get, I get, I haven't been down there in a while. Um, I've been down there many times before, and um, and it, it's it's a totally different world. It's amazing to see. It's great to see how how these cigars are made and how they how the products that we distribute and that all the consumers enjoy come together. And um, I really would like to to get down there more, have uh, more people visit down there, has open up the tours again to the factories. And um, and because uh, AJ's got an amazing compound down there, right, right in it's all together. The guest house, the cabanas, the pool, the basketball court. You know, I mean, the the, the big ballroom. Uh, every night there's something, you know, and and it, it's it's grown even more. I don't I don't know when was the last time you went down there, Abe, but it, been a he couple told years. Me, been a couple yeah, years, he, right? he told me I, we won't recognize it. We, I mean, it's, uh, it's gotten I that mean, much better. I made very good friends with like a. Um, Enormous, gigantic frog. <laughs> I'm not kidding you, man. There was this frog like the size of a puppy that hung out. Like I'd come into the room and he'd just be sitting at my door. I'm like, holy cow, you could saddle that thing. I mean, it's <laughs> big. And that dude was just like every night hanging out inside my, like, tell good night. I'm like, All right, good night, buddy. I forgot I gave him a name, but I forgot. He was, out my, he was outside my little cabana door every night. Wow. Yeah, some big frogs out there. But yeah, no, so AJ's yeah, remodeled all that since you went. Uh, Frankie, who uh, is our sales and marketing director here in the office, um, he calls it the uh, the Paisley Park of Nicaragua. Oh wow! Because it's got the AJ logo everywhere. <laughs> you know, just like uh, Prince had it. Yeah, I think we've seen. I think I've seen Facebook photos of of the of yeah. the compound, and and it's the same thing. Is there is there a pool? Yes, and the pool, logo in it or something. Pool, your shower. Yeah. I mean, everywhere you go. I, I don't know if the toilet That's paper awesome. also has it on there, but it might by the time we get down there. It's like Club Med. Yeah. <laughs> Club Med. And yes, Mark, those are real bottles of Pappy. I was in his office. They want to know those real bottles of Pappy. Oh yeah, yeah. Those are uh, those are the uh, the standby ones. Waiting to. Keep growing the collection. Hopefully, one day it'll the collection will be as big as Eric Espinosa's collection is. <laughs> I was just I, I was just at his uh, place last night. I was looking to break in. He had his office locked. Yeah. Oh, he's smart. I mean, I, where's his um? Uh, okay, you know, thing? I haven't seen here for four hours. You know, there's no uh, nobody watching. So yeah, yeah. Right, if there was a time, that oh. was the time to get in there. Oh, I'm sorry. You you were asking about this? Oh, my mommy, my mommy. 
that that's 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 gonna live on forever. Forever. Awesome. Forever. It's so good. Forever. So I could see that on a cigar band in a box. Seriously. We gotta get Junior working on that for the next fact, year. The fact that having oh, a cigar called Oh Mama Mia, Mama Mia, with him on it like that is just like that's it. That's it. I mean, right. listen, right. Junior, work right. on it. We can right. make it at Sanotano. Get that. Get on that. Micro blend with Junior. Absolutely. Made at Sanotano. Mama Mia. We'll call Mama Mia. <laughs> and the box, the box can have the little, the little robe around the box. Oh man! Oh, look at Paul. Look at That's Paul. Paul packaging guru. Look at him. That's I it. know, but I don't think like a retailer. I think, I think like a marketing guy. So that would probably drive you nuts to have those stupid little felt robes hanging off it, even if it was right. paper. Listen to me. It was better than I thought you were going to say. Let's just put a robe around each individual cigar. So, <laughs> oh God, no way! I, I thought maybe that's what you were going to go for. No, I at least know better than that. <laughs> and, and look at Omar um, actually working, made and blended by AJ Fernandez. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that. I heard. Oh that. yeah! Oh yeah! <laughs> Eric's basically taking over that factory. Well, listen, you guys, people making good stuff. Everybody wants to work with you guys. So that's that's an amazing, great thing. So, um, and well, Eric, Eric has also said many times on this show, I mean, he talks about the cigars that, that AJ makes for him, but he also says that like AJ is able to get, or, or I guess grows tobacco that Eric can't get his hands on that, that with, without AJ, there's certain tobaccos that he wouldn't be able to get. I mean, he's said it many times. I asked so, AJ questions about this and AJ buys tobacco as well as, I mean, he grows a lot of it also buys trades they do all that stuff but what he does after it's in his hands is where the magic happens and that's uh something that he has perfected into an art throughout the years and i think that's pretty much what eric's referring to because if you don't have your own tobacco and you're buying tobacco are you just bringing it in and using it or are you doing something with that tobacco and re-fermenting and re-aging it and and whatnot and that's the the secret to to a lot of AJ Fernandez's plethora of blends that he has. That all of them are different, in my opinion, and they're all amazing. The secret sauce. Yeah, yeah. We got to take a little break here. We're coming toward the uh, top of the hour here. We're going to take a little break from our sponsor. Um, when we get back, we're going to have the coop, the coop, the scoop, the coop. See what's going on with coop. And we're going to have more with Omar Fernandez from uh, AJ Fernandez Cigars. Keep it lit. Hola a todos. Mi nombre es Elmer Suarez de La Flor de Copán en Honduras. My name is Ernesto Cranwinkel and I'm from La Romana, Dominican Republic. Hola, mi nombre es Diana. Soy de Manizales, Colombia. Días, Freddy Molina desde Estelí, Nicaragua. Hola amigos, saludos a todos. María Santis, orgullosa de ser puertorriqueña. Cheers, I'm Oliver, I'm from London, England. I love H. Uman Añejo. My favorite H. Upman Dominican cigar is the H. Upman Banker. My favorite H. Upman cigar is the Herman's Batch. Favorite H. Upman is the H. Upman by A.J. Fernandez. Mi cigarro favorito es H. Upman Española. I highly recommend you try the H. Upman 175th anniversary, awarded number 10 cigar of 2019. One world together with H. Upman. 
Surgeon General Warning. Cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. And we're back. Honest Dave here, KMA Talk Radio, with my co-host, the Italian Scallion, Paul DeCracco, and of course, our South Paul from South Philly, our man, Alex Lavalla, and in our guest, special guest today, Omar Fernandez, of AJ Fernandez. Cigars, welcome, Omar. Thank you for joining us on this uh, uh, lovely Saturday afternoon. It seems to appear to be uh, starting out to be lovely. I don't know, but every yeah. every Saturday, it's gorgeous here when it's a KMA Saturday. What? It's gorgeous here. I got to tell you. I mean, I, listen. I, and the, the one mistake I made. The one mistake I made is I did not um, bring cigars with me, and the cigars that we have here, I, I don't want to smoke, but. I'm sitting outside. Look how gorgeous it is here. Beautiful. Well, you know, bad. you're an aristocrat. Life. You could pay for your weather. Yeah. <laughs> I wish we could, man. Think about that. Where we are now in technology, why can't we why can't we like salt the clouds and make hurricanes disappear or do so, you know, do something to it? You would think with all the technology out there, or do they want the storms? I don't know. Dude, storms make money. Yeah, they do. They, they, yeah, do. they do make they money. Do. Just nuke them, right? Wasn't that a thing? Like, just nuke the hurricanes away? Nuke them. That's what, that's what Trump said in the beginning of his presidency, yeah. I believe, right? Yeah. Oh, so, Omar, we're, we're going to have uh, William Cooper from um, yep. Cigar-Coop.com come in with the news update. We want to talk to him. He usually, you know, he's the real news guy on our show. So he usually has some questions that, you know, we us non-editorial uh, people uh, don't think of. But I want to ask you, I know we, we touched on it a little bit about the collaborations, but is, is every collaboration different? Cause, cause AJ's obviously involved in a lot of different things outside of his, his core brands and his blends. So when we see him, you know, say with, um, with Matt Booth and Robert Caldwell and, and those types of projects, I, I, do all of those projects work the same way? Is, is it just that AJ is making the cigar? Is AJ helping to blend those cigars? Is it like, what, what, what are those relationships like? And, and are they all the same? Or are they all different? They're all completely different. Uh, from what I hear, he's got personal relationships with a lot of these different people. So from what I hear, more pe there's certain people that actually go and spend time with him selecting tobacco and, and working on a blend. And then, and then others, it might just be a phone call. Hey, I'm looking for this and samples are sent and maybe they never were there. They've been there before, of course, because they know each other. So every single one of these is different. You know, um, I know Rafael Nodal is very hands-on when he goes down there. Uh, Nick Melillo as well, Foundation, uh, Robert Hull from, from Southern Draw. Uh, it, it's different, and AJ has a relationship, a great working relationship with all of these people to come out with these different blends that, that fit what they're looking for. You know, and, and, and they come to him, I, I feel they come to him, most people come to him because they know that stable, that inventory of tobacco that he has and the access to, uh, to what he doesn't have, you know? Right, right. I think we have Coop. How does Coop have time to, to do all this? Dude, He's always Coop. online. I, 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 I believe I believe Coop, Coop has a twin. Yes, I was just going to say that. I do. I think there's more than one William Cooper. Oh, yeah. But before I show his feed. Are we going to guess where he is? Are we going to guess? Yeah. Paul, you, know, so you can't guess. Are I know. Gonna, so I won't guess. I'm going to say he's in the library. I'm going with the dragon room. 
or whatever the hell that thing was. I know was the resort. I know what you're talking the about. Dungeon. The, oh, the dragon room. <laughs> uh, I'm waiting to see if any of our listeners have a guess. Omar, any guess which room he's uh, virtually in? Man. Um, I mean, I think the dining room's left. Okay, I'll take the dining room then. Uh, yeah. We'll see. Dining Anybody, room, the, the parlor. parlor. The question is, will there be laundry in the pick this time? <laughs> All right, are we ready? Yeah, I'm going to the library. All right. I hate this because, oh, here, AJ's saying the garage. Basement <laughs> with candlesticks. Oh, the parlor. All right, here we go. Here is Coop. I hate doing this because I hate when Honest Abe is right. Wow. <laughs> well, for once, he's right. <laughs> time I was right, dude. Second time. But you I gotta get one right. You had to get one right this week, Abe. But so. I know what you're referring to. <laughs> yes. <you know. laughs> hey, Omar. How's it going? Hey, Alex. Great, Coop. How's it going? What's up, Coop? Good, good, good. good. That was great. Wow. What's up? Did, did you have any coverage of the uh, Zona Palooza this week? Or uh, yeah, I know they we, were all over. I know they were all over social media. Yeah, we did it on Tuesday night. Uh, Bear and I actually did the show, um, and I really actually I like doing it before the Zona Palooza. I actually told Hector last night. I said I'd like to actually do like the pre-show beforehand because it. There's a lot going on at Lazon Palooza. Those guys are, are really busy, especially when there's like 200 people in the warehouse. So it's a little distracting, to say the least. And, and having them on beforehand, I think, worked well for the type of show we do. So I'd like to see them bring that. If, even if they, if Lazon, if it comes back next year, I said, look, I'll come down a couple of days earlier. We'll do something from the warehouse just before the event starts because I think it worked out better this way. Nice. All right, good. Well, it yeah. was an interesting week. It definitely was. Uh, it was a it was a it was a long week. I had two long shows this because we actually had a long show with Jack, Jack Hector and Eric on Tuesday as well. So uh, it was a long week for me. So uh, what what did you have any time to check on any news this week while you were so busy or uh, yeah any, any new yeah. happening? Yeah, the I guess the big story that came out this week and it wasn't a total surprise to me, but like last week we were reporting about Glenn's loop last day with the CRA. Um, and yesterday it, it announced that Loop uh, is joining the, P- the PDA, the Premium Cigar Association, as an advisor. And it appears his focus is going to be very focused on this. And it's going to be mostly on the state legislation piece, which a lot of people are getting in 2021 is going to be a big battle because COVID is probably going to uh, lead to revenue streams coming in. And what better way to increase revenue streams coming in than taxes? So I think there's going to be a lot of battles there, and I think that's why Glenn is being brought in for that reason. You you broke up on my end. I don't know if it came across, um, but he's going to Glenn, where? Glenn Luke. Yeah, I know where. He is PCA. going to the PCA. So he is going to the PCA. Okay. He's going to the Premium Cigar Association, focused on state right, state state legislation, which is going to be a big focus in 2021 because. Um, there's a lot of taxes expected to be enacted as a result of COVID. So I think there's going to be a lot of battles there, and they brought Glenn in to focus on that piece. Interesting. That is big news. That That yeah. is very big news. Would have been nice still, if, you know, if we got that right. Why couldn't we get that out of him last week? Would have been nice if we had known uh, that 
War. Right. We did. We did. He said we couldn't talk about it because it wasn't finalized. So I yeah. knew and we were going to break the news on the show and he didn't want us to reveal it. He had he had told me the night before that we were good to go and talk about it. And then that morning he said, we have something else to iron out so we can't talk about it. He said, I, I can say I'm involved with the PCA, but he couldn't say it in any official capacity. I like how Paul didn't even bother to tell us, not even behind no. the scenes. <laughs> I thought I told him. I but actually no, thought I told no, him. No, which is really the only reason why we have a pre-show meeting. Right. Right? Discuss stuff right. like Did we have one last week? Well, listen, I also find if there's something we can't talk about, I don't even mention it because I'm so used to saying that we can't talk about something to Adam, and then he talks about it. Yeah, well, you don't have to worry. Adam's not on the show anymore. So. Do, do, you, do you know how many times I got burned from companies that, like, we had them on a show, and we used to always ask the what's new question? And they go, oh, we got nothing new coming out. And then, I'm not kidding, the next day, a big print publication has an exclusive story of a major release. It's happened many times to me. I so wonder like, we which stopped, big print we stopped asking. We stopped asking that question for that reason. Right. Right. Because it didn't like we we, we look like idiots otherwise, and so. Uh, but you know, I'd rather just say some companies will say we can't talk about it, and I'm okay with that. Some will say we have nothing, and then the next day it's out there. Wow. So what else is going on, Coop? Well, there was actually it's kind of funny. A lot of the news this week came out of AJ Fernandez, um, and I'm making a I'm going to kind of uh, audible to Omar in this one because uh, there's a TAA release that was released this year. It's becoming regular production, right, Omar? That's correct. That's a cigar that I'm smoking during, during, during the show. It's a New World Toro Redondo, which uh, easily translates to round. And that was done uh, last year for TAA exclusive. There were a thousand boxes released. Uh, New World is our is our workhorse. Uh, it's beloved by so many in uh, around the country, around the world. And it, New World, uh, the Maduro, the original Scura, has always been box pressed. So um, it was done round as an experiment, and it worked great for TAA. This year we did something different for TAA, and uh, we decided, you know what, let's do a, an extension, and now you'll have the box pressed, and you'll have the round on the shelf. Does the round only come in one size? For for now, yes. For now, yes. But I like what you're thinking. In <laughs> <laughs> Omar, New World's really still the workhorse brand uh, in AJ. It's a, it's a phenomenal success you've had with it for the past years. Yeah, I mean, it came out. It was Cigar of the Year, Cigar Journal 2014. Um, and from there, it's just been uh, our workhorse, basically. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 my son used to work. Out, sorry, not to put down Cigar Journal in any way. It's a great publication. But does does do the readings in European Cigar Journal translate anything here in the States at all? I mean, that might be a question for you, Coop, more than anybody. Because as a retailer, I mean, I don't ever see it. I mean, Alex has been in retail on the floor. I don't know. No one's ever coming up and saying, oh, hey, I was reading the uh, Cigar Journal, and I saw that it's never happened, right. ever. Does that, does, that, does that award, is that award more significant in Europe than it is here in the States? I mean, I'm just curious and asking. My thought is it's 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 still an, it's not it's the senior one. Um, I'll be straight on that. It still got more pull than most online media, if not all of online media. So I'd say it's the second most important one. Like you know, if I look at the shelf talkers, you know, CA is going to dominate the shelf talkers. 
Then there are companies that they've gotten, they've done very well on Star Journal. They'll certainly promote that journal rating. I've seen, you know, like uh, CLE's done it, AJ Fernandez has done it, Rocky. If I'm a manufacturer and I get rated, yeah, I'm going to promote it. Right. It's an achievement, it's an accolade. I'm going to use it. But I'm just more curious on the consumer level. Is that even a receptor for them? Is that even in their range of, because I, I mean, look, you, you can be anywhere in the spectrum right. of a cigar consumer. If you get a rating from, if you get a number one cigar of the year of cigar aficionado, you could debate how long or how effective or how good that'll be for your company. But customers are walking in, they're looking for it. They're, I mean, they, they, they've heard of it, they know. Do, do the American consumer markets react to the European cigar journal? Because it's been around forever. I mean, it's been around as long as I yeah. can remember since I've been in this industry for a long time. And it's kind of stood this test of time. I just don't know how, how uh, I just don't know if it's really more dominant in Europe and, and than it is here in the States or have more relevance. I just thought maybe you'd have a little more insight on that. Well, I mean, here's what I noticed from the retail side, especially like if you slap that on the box, whether it's cigar journal or anybody else the customer just sees the rating i don't think yeah. they different you know if you slap that 92 on the box they just see the 92 or the 89 you know what i'm saying yeah. i don't I definitely don't see people coming in and say hey i sold this on cigar journal but if you slap that on there they just recognize the rating as a rating not necessarily where it's coming from yeah I, I was gonna say alex is right on that you know because i, I go back when my son was working retail and the, when the cigar aficionado ratings come out, people come in with that magazine and that list, and they they point to it, and it's, it's pretty frequent. Um, and it's not that's not taking anything away from what Cigar Journal does. They definitely have a, a big footprint in Europe. There's a lot; of, they do a good job. Uh, but the reality is that's what I and Abe, you can com, you guys can confirm that on the retail end. Do people come in with the cigar journals like the cigar aficionado? No, no, I, it, it hasn't happened on our level. I mean, not at our level. Yeah, I don't know if they're sitting at home and they're looking at it, maybe going online or still using it. But, you know, as Kevin says, you know, basically, if if they're not taking the cigar prop rating, it's just pointless. Correct. Of course. (laughs) They have have a rating? I I don't know. I I know he reviews them. I don't know if he rates them. them. Look, I know no one pays attention to the coupe ones. Except when they don't get on it, then we hear how we, we right. do a bad job. But because but if they're guys, on it, we don't hear from anybody. You guys need a little right. more sizzle. See, you need to do it like you know David Portnoy. You got to have that little stamp thump, every time you make a rating. And right, you know, listen, right. I, I was on. I was. They had <laughs> they had the dojo guys rate Eric their own Eric, cigars, their own cigars comparatively last night on a scale of one to ten. And, um, you know, the first score comes out, Jordan's like, uh, 8.0. I'm like, rookie score. Rookie score. <laughs> <laughs> One puff. One puff. Everybody knows the rules. One puff. Everybody knows the rules. How one of you review guys ever started running away with that? You One know, puff, there, was a guy who, there was a guy who was going to do that, um, who was starting to do that, and he passed away. It was Havana Phil, was actually starting a video series on oh, something like that. He was, and unfortunately, passed away. But he actually had that idea. I'll tell you what. What, what we did this past year, uh, early on, before we had to shut everything down, uh, when we met with our reps, we did a true blind test. Because some of these guys, we've got reps like Brad up in up in New York and Connecticut and New Jersey, and he's been with the company for ten years. 
and he is a cigar geek. And we blindfolded everybody and gave them different cigars from our portfolio and said, what is this? Nobody, nobody knew what they were smoking. Cigars that they said, this is not my favorite, they had good things to say about. And let me tell you, the packaging, the bands, all that affects how people perceive a cigar. So you really, I, I suggest, and we've been telling people, get together. This would be great once the lounges start to open up. Just have blindfolds and start handing people cigars and say, what do you taste here? People that, that will say, I don't smoke Connecticut cigars. And they'll smoke a New World Connecticut blindfold. And they're like, wow, this is great. I, I'm picking up this and that and the other. And then when you take it off, you're like, well, how's that Connecticut now? <laughs> you know? Well, it's like the Coke versus Pepsi taste. Yes. Yes. Well, I fail that every time. That's one of the things I'm very excited about. Um, Smoke In's new um, club that's starting uh, in January, which, you know, AJ Fernandez uh, will be participating in yep. in 2021, our connoisseur club, where we've actually commissioned, we've literally commissioned major manufacturers to make a, an exclusive, a, a batch of cigars just for our club. And they'll all get them blind. And then there'll be an interaction later on, two weeks later, from to figure out what they're smoking from who, from where. But yeah, these are, these are all literally, we've commissioned them, no bullshit. And uh, we've had these guys make cigars a batch exclusively for this club. So more news will be out in December about that. And um, signups will start for that in uh, January. But that's part of the fun, right? It's kind of blind tasting stuff and learning. That really is. You're, you're going to find out that there's things that, that, uh, that people who have written it off, some people that won't smoke Maduro's, they won't smoke a torpedo, uh, they won't smoke um, whatever it is, you know, and then they try it. They don't know that. Listen, when Abe, when you told me about that connoisseurs club, I was like, man, this is it. You're going to keep people engaged and you're going to give them something that, that, that they're going to try and they're going to rate without even knowing what it is, what's in it. Well, the you most know? important part, too, is we wanted the, the transparency of the legitim legitimacy of it. Right. We just don't want to be telling fake stories about what stuff is. So, you know, not only are we going to have these manufacturers literally because that was part of the deal. We asked everybody, you know, we're not doing any Fugazi stuff here. We want you right. guys to make a very small run just for this club. And there's going to be a video of them, you know, talking about what inspired them. The, the way I like to look at it is I'm commissioning artists to make me a painting. That, that's that's right. how I'm looking at it. I'm going to artists. I haven't given any input about Vitola, any input about blend, any input about anything. I'm commissioning you. Make me a piece. And that's kind of how this is taking off. So we'll see how that goes in 2021. I'm kind that's of exactly how you pitch it to me. You, yeah. you said, I don't, I'm, nothing that you've made before. Yeah. Uh, you didn't dip your toe in to try to influence the blend, which is, which is good. Cause then we'd have to add another title. Uh, no. Blender. No, 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 no. I don't want to. I mean, I, I, I just want guys to look, we explained what the purpose of the club was, how it goes, go, and we wanted, Companies that were willing, because some companies weren't willing, because it's a really small run. We're not asking of five or ten, like we're doing a microblend. I'm looking for, right. you know, our membership starting small, only 500 people. So we're only asking yeah. for 650 cigars that you can roll. Because, look, I know every factory. They roll a few hundred of anything at any given time when they want to test yeah. the blend, you know. Make right. 500, make 1,000. We want to test this blend out, see how it goes. So I think you're you know. being really conservative with that number. <laughs> I really do. No, nobody's doing well, that, and I think you're going to be surprised. Well, I mean, look, it's more than just a cigar. So the club has a lot of electronic and, and components. So the membership will grow, but right now we can't because 
we've had people that we've asked the production, we need this many cigars. So we can't grow our membership because we've got guys who've already in the process. We started this process about a year ago. So we know the first few months, manufacturers yeah. make an X number. But if we see there's a call and there's demand, we could we could raise the membership later on in 2021. I don't think it'll be an issue. Yeah. But excited about it. But and we're happy you guys are involved. So um outside of that, there'll be more news about the connoisseur club coming out in December for sure. Yeah, but, we just kind of like half broke that, like halfway. It's kind of been out there a little bit. People have been hearing about it. But yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, um, it's, it's getting to the deadline where it's going to break. And I'm sure it's going to sell out fast. But uh, once we know the logistics and the people are like it and the manufacturers are liking the feedback and the exposure, um, we can always see where it goes. You know, I, I like I liked, when we opened up our Cigar of the Month Club, we only started with 150 people. Yeah. And thank God we did because none of the automation worked for two months. You know, because that was yeah. one of the things we wanted to make sure the automation would work, and otherwise we would have been having to manually enter stuff for you know thousands of people. So that that was good that we made that move, and we're doing the same thing with the connoisseur club. So it'll be cool. So Coop, not that we completely ignored you, man, but what no. else is going on in the news? Well, uh, there's some more news out of AJ Fernandez. Uh, Epic Cigars, uh, their 10th anniversary cigar, the Epic 10, is getting uh, shipped uh, if it's, uh, as we speak. A cigar. It's the first cigar they're doing in Nicaragua, and they're working with the AJ Fernandez Cigar Factory. Get that cigar out. And um, not only is it their first Nicaraguan cigar, it's going to feature a Cameroon wrapper in a box press format. So I'm actually pretty excited about that cigar. That's funny, and we've been talking about this the last couple of weeks. Cameroon wrappers making a, a a big swing back, and I yeah. love it. I'm a Cameroon oh, yeah. guy. I've always been a Cameroon guy. My first full box purchase. All right, anybody out there in KME land, write down. I'm curious what you remember your first because I bought sticks for a long time before I would commit to buying a whole box. Right. Or right? My first full box purchase was Don Carlos number two. Wow. Truth. Really? Truth. How about you, Coop? Uh, uh, CAO Brasilia, the goal. The goal. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Paul, have you even bought a box yet? You. <laughs> <laughs> no luck. Paul. Yeah, I Paul hasn't bought a box yet. No, no, I have. I bought a couple of boxes of um, what? Uh, what did I buy? I bought uh, some Alec Bradley. I Wait, think I bought a Project Forty, and I bought first box the, uh, was? Filthy Hooligan. Oh. No, I know what the first box was. We talked about this. It oh. was the Acid Cuba Cuba when I was oh. like eighteen or nineteen. Oh, that was right. my first box. Purchase. How about you, Alex? My first box purchase was the original Six Hundred One Blues. Oh wow, Eric's gonna like yeah. hearing that. Wow, the original batch of six one one blues was yeah. that was some good. That's right up there with the CAO uh, Maduro that was made at the Donald Douglas factory. As far as like you know, um, yeah. Uh, Hector Alfonso uh, said his first was the Nat Sherman Telegraph. His oh, first wow. box purchase. Wow. wow. How about you, Omar? I was gonna say, yeah, Omar, first box purchase. First box purchase, Hemingway uh, short story. Oh, another Fuente. And by by wow. the way, just speaking of Cameroons, the, the New World Cameroon is a monster in the stores. I mean, people well, go nuts for it. Yeah. Great yeah, value. It's a great really, value. Yeah. Star. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And we just had a price restructure, and um, and even still, it's it's just unbelievably uh, affordable. And what you get, in, in especially with the Cameroon wrapper. Right. Yeah, I know Abe's a big fan. Well, Cameroon, uh, 
Oh, you have one. Oh, I gotta be honest, I have none left. I went through them both. I, Alex got one of each. I went through them both. Oh yeah. Yeah, there'll be there'll be a press release for that soon. But teaser, yeah. teaser. Yeah. Well, we're not going to do that. We'll do that. Yeah, we'll save it for Coop. I was in Miami doing business and was able to get a couple batches that we've been patiently waiting for for a uh, a future micro blend. So uh, we're working. We have a very cool. uh, a new smoking micro blend that we'll be doing with AJ Fernandez, our first one with that company. We're excited, hey. and the cigars are good. Very good. Good. Oh yeah. Good. I can't, decide, I can't decide which one I like better. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Paul, we, we, we would have saved you some, but we smoked them all. Yep. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. Yeah. Sounds about right. Well, you know, listen listen to me. You know the cigar is good because they only sent twenty cigars, right? So one of the packs had been opened and Omar already had some. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to take these two bundles back and take them back to our team so we get... And it's like, oh, no, no, wait. I need a couple more of each before you leave. Let <laughs> 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 me do more of my own samples before I left. <laughs> so, that was a true story. So we're excited about this one. I like the name. I like the packaging. I like the art. And uh, there'll be more news released about that in upcoming uh, weeks, probably weeks, maybe sometime in December. So, um, but you know what's funny, Omar? So well, maybe you can explain to us because, like, I, I was always a hardcore Cameroon guy. That's why I, I was really excited when we talked about what blend we were going to work with and then put a Cameroon wrapper for that cigar. Um, but Cameroon just, like, faded away. And we always talk about these cycles. But Cameroon wrapper is not the easiest to deal with. What are some of the difficulties in dealing with Cameroon wrapper? Yeah, the yield, the size, the, uh, you know, the it's it's a difficult wrapper to work with. It's, um, it's, it's frill, it's too. Fragile. Yeah, yeah, very fragile. Very fragile. Um, but man, the, the flavors that you get in it, the sweetness, um, it's, it's just, it's just amazing. And, and, and it's weird because like you said, it faded out for a while. And I don't know if, um, I've, I've heard people say, you know, I don't, I just don't like Cameroon. And I'm just like, what? Like, that was like when I finally started smoking cigars and found what I liked after trying a bunch of different things, Cameroon was at the top of the list for me. Cameroon, and, uh, that rapper, I think almost anybody could like because it's not harsh, yeah, not too yeah, strong, but it's yeah. flavorful and it's flavorful as can be. And it's not mild air. I mean, when I was getting into smoking and trying to get my friends, yeah. art, I'd always look for oh, Cameroon, yeah, try this, you'll yeah. love this. So that was like my go-to like recommendation rapper. Yeah, absolutely. And I I don't know, um, you know, everyone has got a different palate, but those people that that say I won't I won't touch a Cameroon. My goodness, maybe you just had a bad one, you know, just probably uh, or or, right. a fake, or a fake or one. A fugazi, yeah. Who use it, you know? Yeah. Unfortunately, it's out there, so avoid the fugazis. Mm -hmm. um, cool. The news ain't done yet. What else you got going on this week? I only got one more story this week because um, it was a very light week, and this one comes from uh, Southern Drawer Cigars. Uh, they've extended their Firethorn brand with a. Uh, an extension called the Firethorn Augusta. Uh, it's originally going to be a, an exclusive to CI, but I think there's plans eventually to expand the line. It's a very, like I said, it's a variation of their um, Firethorn blend, uh, which is an Ecuadorian uh, Rosado wrap, Andres Maduro uh, blender, and uh, Mexico, Nicaraguan fillers. Um, so Firethorn uh, is uh, 
well, Custer, excuse me, it's kind of coinciding with the Masters and the whole uh, Veterans Day, which is what uh, Southern Drawer Cigars, uh, veteran-owned company, it's kind of coinciding with that. But most importantly, where's the cigar coming from? AJ Fernandez's factory. So AJ was all over the news this week, and that's not. This was not by design. This is the truth. They had all the <laughs> stories this week. Do you ever? Do you ever? Do you ever look at who the guest is, and when you're trying to pick stories? Oh, I do. Get... Don't get. Don't let me wrong. I do. But if you look <laughs> at Coop this week, there's not much else. I told Paul it was a light week. Uh, to be honest with you, these were the stories we got. So I mean, it's not the. But yeah, no. When I see a story with a guest, I, I definitely try to to do it. And sometimes you guys talk about it before my segment, and I usually adjust it at that point. Oh, look, yeah. he moves on. Adjusting on the fly. He moves on the fly. <laughs> we never really know what your news is. So we do it on accident sometimes. Yeah. You know? <laughs> no, but I mean, that's okay. We didn't talk about. So sometimes we just, you know, end up talking about something on, on accident. Well, well, most of the time, I don't have the show notes ready on time. And so, you know, I, I can't blame Paul for it. It's my fault. <laughs> So, what, what a guy! What a guy, Coop is. I totally would have thought. I, I got to defend. I got to defend Paul on that one. It's if, if don't don't. That's not he Paul. Usually, he usually posts them like either while like as we're doing the show before he comes on. A, sometimes after. Sometimes yeah. after. What Coop, Coop, you got a stone cold lead pipe pick of the week yet? Boy, I tell you, this was a crazy week for football, um, you know, and, you know, because I was wondering if some of the games were going to get postponed or anything like that. Um, but I looked at I looked at this week's – now, if folks don't know, the Stone Cold Lead Pipe Lock of the Week is I pick one game uh, with points spread. And based on that, um, I either sink or, or swim with that. Um, I am – I have not officially posted this, but I'm leaning towards uh, taking Pittsburgh minus seven and a half over Cincinnati. Okay. Uh, Steelers actually, are at home in that game. Steelers are at home in that game. We we actually, Alex, I'm we not touching the Eagles Giants game. I'm not touching the Eagles Giants game. I can tell you that. <laughs> well, we actually had a little bit of a di- disagreement this week, and Paul, maybe you can pull it up. But you were a fan of the new 76ers jersey. I yeah I I I, I, I like know it. New Jersey. Huh? I didn't know they had a New Jersey. You you said you liked it. Yeah, I, now I have. Here's the thing: if folks haven't seen the jersey, there's a new uh, Philadelphia 76ers jersey. The team, uh, Alex and I, like. Uh, um, and on there is a silhouette of an area called Boathouse Row. Now, I'll be honest with you: if you're not from Philadelphia, you probably you might not know what Boathouse Row is. Okay, it's not indicative no of Philly to me. But I have to. Yeah, I love that area. So I loved it was on the jersey. I mean, I, I'm, why I'm looking for you. I don't see it. Why use a place that no one would know? When Philly has a decent skyline, Nola. It's not like they don't have a skyline. Yeah, they do. They have a beautiful skyline. Paul, where are we at? You got the jersey? I, I, don't, I don't see it. I mean, it, even dude. when you I, see I, 76ers, I New Jersey? No, I got no, it. Yeah, I'm looking for it. Come on, Paul. Yeah, it should be, be pretty easy to find. 76ers, New Jersey. Now, Alex, I think they should have just kept the classic red, white, and blue that they went back the to. Is. I mean, look, that's what we won the last championship with, and I you know, I, I, but, but I, I like what they did with it. I, it's not like I didn't like it. I, I'm just, it's, I'm, it's I'm black, not, right, Alex? Yes, yes, and it has yeah, I got these it. houses that are. It's Boathouse Row, yeah. literally, probably the Boat only place Row. in Philadelphia you can find houses that look like that. Throw it up there. Here it comes. 
Uh, I can't blame. Oh wait, that's, I'm sorry. That's a picture. <laughs> that's that's Abe. Like. Abe at six months. What the hell is that? That's what we can afford. That's six months with that's a baby <laughs> picture. Look, that's what you want. Is that a daddy daycare like promo or something? <laughs> Sorry. Here. Here's a 76 New Jersey. Yeah, this though that is not indicative of Philadelphia, though that boathouse row. I and I agree, but I agree with Alex on it. It, it is not. I mean, there are more iconic locations to, that people will be aware of yeah. than but like I said, if you go to if if by that area by the school kill, it's a it's a nice area. I love that view actually. So I was happy to see it on there. But I just don't think I, you I, notice. Did you notice the little TTP trust the process they threw in there? Apparently, the process is like 10 years old now and still has a <laughs> Yeah, it looks like power lines. Right. Wait, pull back up again. Pull back up again. Let me see something. Hold on. I'm going to get it. Did you see the little TTP I'm getting the one in there? With the TTP. I'm the getting TTP's the one with the TTP. The, uh, Give me one sec. Looks like power lines in front of the house or see circuit her. board. Is that a StubHub logo yeah. on there? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, the way, that's the way it's going here. Oh, look at that. You didn't okay, see that, cool. So that was I didn't cool. see that. No, I didn't see that. I heard people mention it, but I'm like, what does that mean? But yeah, now I see it. Wow. Trust the process. So anyway, to fill people in, trust the process was the Sixers' little tagline when they were kind of rebuilding the team and they were going to bring a championship to the city, which you know still hasn't happened. So it's been a long process, but yeah, some of us are still trying to trust the process. You, you know, this week in like, – I know we tangented on sports, but this week uh, yesterday came news that the Miami Marlins hired a uh, the first woman general manager. And I'll be honest, I was hoping I was hoping a few years ago that the Phillies would have taken a look at Kimming because I've heard of her. She was with the Dodgers and the Yankees, and there was a lot of good things everyone was saying about her. And uh, they didn't take it – they didn't do it four years ago, and they're not doing it this time, unfortunately. What were we going to say, Abe? When did the movement of every jersey having a sponsor on it happen? Was I, I broke up. Been around a little bit. Was that was I asleep when that happened? About a year or two. Yeah, they tried no, it. Uh, I remember reading about it. Yeah, I'm sure those little patches ain't cheap to put on a jersey. It's big money. <laughs> no, uh, they've been doing it. Soccer's been doing it for a long time. The the right. soccer teams have been doing it. Probably they were yeah. more. Yeah, and the MLS started then. It was their first in the MLS game. It was only a matter of time before it was going to come to the other sports. And you're going to see more of it now because, again, these teams need revenue streams, but they're not selling tickets. Sadly, I couldn't name three MLS teams. The Philadelphia Union. The Philadelphia I, I, Union. I won. I said I couldn't name three. And I know Miami. The Cosmos, the Red Bulls. I don't know anyone else. What did you Red say? Bulls? The Cosmos? Real team? Did you say the Cosmos? You just make one up. Are we still around? Because when I grew up, it was the Cosmos and the Chicago Sting. It, yeah, no, the Cosmos are not an MLS oh. team, but the Cosmos name is still out there. Oh, damn it. Yeah, is the Chicago Sting around? Carl Heights, Granitza, Marhetic? That's the only thing I can remember. No, the right. Sting name's not around anymore. No, uh, the Chicago Sting. Couldn't pronounce any of the players' names. The Willie Roth. <laughs> When we were growing up, excuse me, Carl something Marhetic. I couldn't remember any of the names. Crazy. So that's all. What do you got? Anything coming up on the show? This what do you got this upcoming? What eighty thousand episodes do you got coming up this week, Coop? Um the only show twin. this week 
Yeah. <laughs> this week, Dylan Austin has been confirmed. Uh, he'll be the guest on Thursday night uh, on the primetime show. Um, and then on our jukebox show, which is our music show, we're doing a Led Zeppelin tribute show on Monday. So Ooh. a little bit of a lighter week compared to last week. Okay. Well, not a lot. Well, while I got you here, Omar, because uh, we kind of hit on Glenn Luber, I want to talk about um, where the company is in regards to the PCA um, in this upcoming summer, if we have one, if there's a plan for A.J. Fernandez to be an exhibitor. Because I know there was a point last year, I, I believe, where I think A.J. Fernandez kind of made a statement they weren't going to go to the trade show. And then, and Paul, you can correct me if you're, I'm wrong because my head gets Swiss cheese in my older age. But I think um, a, couple, a month later, maybe a couple weeks later, um, they changed that statement and they said they were going to, um, this is obviously all pre-COVID, but they were going to go to the PCA. So where, where does the company A.J. Fernandez stand currently? We, we will be at the PCA if there is a, whatever capacity is uh is happening whether it's a live trade show or virtual or whatever goes on we will be there uh i remember earlier this year um january to be exact there was uh there was a rumor and there was a story that was published uh that kind of hinted i guess i guess the headline said something to the effect that we were not going to exhibit and that was not true uh, i remember i was actually at uh in vegas at uh, at tpe end of January, right before the first day of the show, that story came out in end of January. And everyone was calling me saying, what's going on? Is this true? Is there any truth to it? So I said, I'll be at the show in a few minutes and told everybody, "We, it's not true. We will be there. So I, I don't know how that got out there. I don't know where it came from, um, but uh, we will be there. I mean, listen, it's the... Um, it's the consumer... It's the show for, for, the, for the brick and mortar stores for the, the purveyors of fine cigars, how could we not be there? It it it, it blows my mind how how anyone could think that we would not be there in, in some capacity. Um, is it going to change? Is it going to be something different? You, we don't know. I don't know what's going to happen and how it's going to look, but we're definitely going to be there. We are. Our job is to distribute AJ Fernandez cigars to the retailers in the United States through the retailers. We don't sell direct. To consumer, so we depend on on our on our uh, our retail partners. So we that's the best place to meet a bunch of them in a short span of time. It's not it's not perfect, um, but it does provide a great opportunity to meet a lot of people, uh, rekindle a lot of relationships, start new ones, and reinforce the old ones. And uh, and so we will definitely be there. So there wasn't, there, there, man, I swear, there wasn't a press release from the company saying no, 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 absolutely not. Okay. So that was just rumor. It was a rumor. Huh. It, was, it a rumor. was a rumor. In fact, I went up to Omar the first day at TPE, and before I said, like, hey, Omar, and he says, it's not true. He goes to me. Like, right. <laughs> he must have told the story like 10 times already by the time I saw him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, how did we not find that out here? Yeah. I, I remember specifically even talking about it on the show when we had heard about it. Right. Yeah, I, I, I was a, that was my phone was blowing up that morning of the of the show the first morning, and I'm just look, I'm going what in the world where did this come from? People texting me, you know, and and uh, and I said let's talk about it. Uh, and, you know, I wanted to address everybody at the same time right. instead of trying to get a bunch of different stories and 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 people misinterpreting that. It's um it it was sad to hear, unfortunately, but uh, no, it wasn't true. Wow, well, there you have it. That's why that's why Coop is rumor free. 
Yeah. I can tell you that wasn't reported by me. No, definitely Ooh. not. I would have told you. <laughs> no, I know, but no, that's no. why I said on this show it wasn't reported by me either. No, yeah, no. I know. No. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things we see with all the May, and I'm telling you, you know, I, we, we, we've been asking this question since COVID have hit, and everybody's kind of, most part, fluffed it. But as a retailer, it's fact. There are some supply issues. People are hard. There's inventory. There's back orders. How has the um, back order and inventory and production situation been for AJ Fernandez comparatively? Well, first of all, what do you mean fluffing? What do you mean they fluffing? Well, I mean, we're like, oh, no. We've had people, we've asked them, do you expect any? No, no, we got product coming in. There have been guys who, like, have literally just said they don't foresee a problem. They don't see them having a problem. No production no issues, issues at all. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, on the retail side, we've seen nothing but that going on. Yeah, so, so I'll tell you exactly what, what's been going on at AJ Fernandez. Because they're in Nicaragua and the situation that exists in that country, there is not a lot of information about COVID. There has not been a lot of information. If anything, we have information overload here in the United States. You turn, you know, except for recently, there it's, it seemed as though you watch the news and there's not a lot of talk about COVID, but now it's picking up again because that story that took the highlight for the past eight, nine, 10 days is, is, uh, is dwindling a little bit. But the reality is that what has happened in Nicaragua is it hasn't been a lot of information. So they rely on what they're hearing from us. And so they have taken measures to, to provide safety and security. But the truth is a lot of people uh, have had people missing work. And so production has been down. Uh, the tobacco's there, okay? The, our, our inventory is there. Has it been slow? Yes. So there are companies that um, that are, you know, the, the retailers are have ex some of them have experienced some very difficult times. Uh, some of them have been forced to shut down, not only for a short period of time. They don't even have an online presence. They didn't have a a drive up uh, drive through type of situation. So it's been tough for a lot of retailers. Uh, for us personally, our uh, some of our SKUs have been out of stock. It's been more of a a box situation. Uh, where we haven't had boxes available, and AJ uh, doesn't produce boxes because he's just not passionate about carpentry, and that's literally what he's told me. So um, that's one thing that he relies on, on on many box factories to deliver our boxes, and um, and that's why we've had back order situations. We've been getting a shipment a week since I've been here, um, and, and it's it's strange because some of the things that we've had back ordered are items that and cigars that have not been on back order before okay um, so that's 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 the God honest truth uh, yes I've heard some stories uh, some people have have uh, have really uh, not done well employees that don't show up at factories um, and so and, and there's no what, what can you do you know either people, you know, imagine that you live in a country where you don't have the news and, and, and the experts talking to you every day and giving you what's going on in your city, in your country, uh, which we have here. They don't have that. So they're relying on what they're hearing from us. And then maybe they watched the story that that was really, really crazy. And they're like, man, I'm not going to work. This stuff spreading through the through air at, you know, a thousand miles an hour. And I'm not going to work. I don't want to catch it. You know, but, you so know that's the situation. It's interesting to hear you say that. It's not. It's not just an AJ thing. It seems like boxes have been a struggle for a lot of guys. Yeah, it's um, it's it's um, it's it's traditionally been a an issue in Nicaragua. 
um, with the wood situation. But as far as it's not a tobacco issue, it's definitely not a tobacco issue. It's more of a packaging problem. So what, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So did the did the factories close down that manufacture the boxes? I think that's that's what happens. Is some of them have have closed down or or have less employees and they can't keep up with the demand. You know, I was looking at uh, import numbers and supposedly every country's down over the year over year. Uh, this year versus last year at the same time, even though it seems as though demand is up. And I don't know if demand is up. You know, I'm sure it's up somewhat. Definitely people are smoking more, but they're they're getting their cigars in a different way. They're acquiring them in a different way because a lot of lounges have been closed. And then and then here, this country is so big, we have regional issues. So we have stores that, that really have not been able to uh, to stay open or have not wanted to and have literally shut their doors. And that's a very unfortunate. Yeah, there are businesses who, oddly enough, just decide to stay closed because, you know, we're open here in Florida. And, uh, you know, we drive by places we know they're not out of business or whatever. They just decide to still stay closed. So, yeah, it's it's a very weird, weird, it could be, I, 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 it could be a weird and interesting 2021, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I, I you know, at the same time, it's, it's really, uh, to me, it's uplifting and encouraging to see a lot of retailers that have, uh, changed their business model, adapted uh, in these strange times to to continue to to service their their local customers, and that's really encouraging to see that there are still people that that are are forward thinking and say, you know what, it's, uh, you know, anyone could just shut down and and go home and and throw in the towel, but to continue to fight and move forward and find another way to continue to provide. A lot of places are providing jobs for a lot of people. You got to you got to think about that as well. You know, you got employees to think about, and um, and every brick and mortar uh, around the country has something that makes them unique. At least it should. And why do people want to come there? It's not just to sit in the lounge and smoke. I hope. I hope there's something else that that they're doing to to attract the the everyday business. And then. In this difficult time, I think people should should uh, continue to try to reach out to their to their local store, and uh, and say, hey, I still need to pick up my my AJ Fernandez cigars, my New Worlds, and my Last Calls. You know, can I drive by and pick them up? You, you know, I've heard of stores that have been shut down many times by by law enforcement, and you know, the owners going in and picking up boxes and delivering them door to door. Yeah, well, you got to do it. Mean, look. Got to, got to find the path, right? Absolutely. You got to pivot, and you have to find the path. Otherwise, Absolutely. you get run over. Yeah. How's it in your area, Coop? Sorry, I'll mute that. You know, it's um, I think it's close to business as usual again. Um, but, you know, it, it's going to be interesting what happens this winter right now. Um, the, the places like yours, Abe, that have the bars were really affected and that they couldn't open at all for months. Uh, so they were completely and totally shut down, and they just got uh, restrictions lifted a few weeks ago. And, and you know now now I think there's a, a fear of uncertainty heading back into the winter this year. There is a little bit of uncertainty. You know, I, think, I, I think our governor here will keep us in check here. And, and you know, get us through it. But man, I, I, I'm, I, I uh, my heart goes out to some part of these countries. I think are just going to get starting to get. Stiffed. 
people in New York are, are seeing it again. I mean, it's things are closing down there again. No, but it's the hypocrisy driving that the same people who are shutting down the towns are having Friday dinners and galas, and it's just a joke. I, they they went to uh, in in California. They went to one of your favorite places. They they all went to the French Laundry, yeah. and then all had to you know make apology statements and how they were you know kind of shouldn't have been there, but you know. Yeah, and they're telling people how not to get with their families for Thanksgiving. You know? Right. It's going to be right. an interesting yeah. 2021. It's going to be yeah, an interesting. You know, Go ahead, yeah, Paul. I made a decision to cancel my trip, actually, to Florida. Um, oh, yeah, you was, did. Yeah, now, it was, there were a few factors that went into that. I, I guess that I am a little bit of a higher risk compared to most people, but at the same time, if things are starting to change and I can't meet with certain people, it, it, it was going to be more difficult. So... I don't want to make anyone uncomfortable either. Uh, we have Thanksgiving coming this year with my family. I didn't want to get them into a situation where they had to be worried about me who was traveling. Um, so um, not that they were pushing back on me, and I just didn't want to create that situation. So I rescheduled for January. We'll just see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe uh, push it to February. Come up and uh, do some uh, live work on the Great Smoke. So yeah, there you I go. That, that, well, we may do both. We can maybe do both. <laughs> so, uh, so, uh, I like yeah. how you think, William Cooper. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, I definitely want to be part of it. So I woke up this week with a uh, with a sore throat and uh, and like a little bit of a runny nose congestion. Did you when freak I, out? When I called the doctor. Panic set in. I, I didn't. I didn't. But my doctor said you should get a COVID test because they're saying that those are symptoms of the start of COVID. So I, was, I went and I went and got a test. I was negative. But it like went through the family. So like Axel started with it, then I got it, then Eli has it, now Stephanie has it. But you know, we we did it before we went to Disney just to make sure, like, you know, we don't want to be the people that are the super spreaders if we had right. it. So and my parents are here in Vero, so we had, we were gonna see them a few times while they're here for a few weeks. So we you know, I didn't want to be that like like Coop is saying, I I, I, th I thought I was fine, like I didn't feel like deathly ill or anything, but I just wanted to make sure I wasn't the guy spreading it to everybody else. But I'm almost 100% back to normal, so it was just a cold, I think. But it's, you know, now that it's in the back of your mind now that you don't want to be that guy that that has it and, and has very mild symptoms, and then you go somewhere and see a bunch of people and give it to them. Man, I, I tell you, I, I got real bad allergies, so I, I, I am prone to sneezing. Yeah. Them. I can sneeze all day to the point where I actually pull, like, abdomen muzzles, right? Oh. And um, I can tell you... <laughs> Can't tell you. Yeah, like, I've had pains. I'm like, why is this hurting? Yeah. It's from sleeping all day. I forgot. So, I um, I'm to the point now where like if I'm in a pharmacy, I'm doing everything in my power to stifle a sneeze. You know, I'm right? Like, oh, pull one of those in public nowadays. Yeah, stifling my own sneeze. Dude, there's been times at the shop where I've like ran into the walk-in to let a call foul. <laughs> yeah, and go hide in the back because it relies on me. Yeah, I'm just telling you, man. It's like for a sneeze. You know, the worst thing is, especially when you're out, you got these masks. Last thing you want to do is sneeze in their mask. Ugh. Right. Ugh. Right. I, I know that's what it's for, but it's gonna rest. To, you know, I've gotten caught a couple times, and you had to do that like little. You know, because I, I I wear the gaiters, so I got to do the. Yeah. <laughs> let me let me tell you. Oh, first of all, those are not allowed in Disney. The gators. Oh, gators are not. No. Oh, no. because the plane so, is so much better. Uh, right. Reschedule. No, your because it doesn't seal. It doesn't seal properly. I guess around the bottom. So they want. They have all these rules. You can't have the ones with the little vents on the side either. Oh. Um, they they have all these rules, but I'll I'll tell you. 
I, I mean, we went. It's it's beautiful now. You know, it was like eighty. What about what about the whole bubble box kit? To go wait, over? here's the thing though. With the, it doesn't seal. Now, I used to work in asbestos, do asbestos work in Philadelphia. If you have a beard, nothing seals. Nothing. Yeah, a respirator doesn't yeah. seal. Yeah. Exactly. You worked with asbestos. I did. I did asbestos removal for a little while in Philadelphia. Great job. Great right. paying job. That explains it all. Yeah, it explains my mesothelioma that I suffered. Why didn't they make you shave, Paul, so you could have a good seal with a mask? I haven't shaved in. I couldn't tell you when the last time was that I shaved. I, am, I may be, be more afraid of Paul shaving than I was of Abe shaving, which was not a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I'm going to shave. I, listen, I'm just. I really haven't shaved recently because I've gotten so fat. It really, it's a great. It hides your chin. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. That's that's the main reason why I haven't shaved. I'd like to see on the reverse side. I'd love to see Coop with a beard. Can you grow there a beard, Coop? There are pictures of me on my Facebook page with a beard. Oh, you, you gotta you gotta share. You gotta find them. Yep, I'll find them. Yeah, I I know I know it's they've come up on like my show. It's come up. Yeah, but there are pictures with me with a beard. Double. I double, think it was. Uh, yeah. Double bonus points if you can find one with beard and hair. <laughs> you gotta go back a long way, though. Yeah, but there, there was both. But you have to go back a long. The photo was taken, I think, nineteen ninety-eight. The photo, well, the photos the are, there are not going to be on Facebook. <laughs> and, 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 yeah. and, and the bonus point: the bonus points are if you find the photo, you'll see a picture of my wife in it. Oh, see, now that's a rare. That's a rare find. That, yeah, that's a rare find. Yeah. Coop, I'm looking. I don't see. Uh... Uh, I'll, 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 find I'll find it and we'll post it. Who posts a lot? So you're going to have to go way back if he's saying we got to yeah. go back there. He doesn't fo- post does. a lot of photos of himself, though. While, while you're looking. Why would I? <laughs> wow. I'm just. That's right? Why would I? While you're looking, I'm going to read this week's Cigar Insane Asylum. Which, uh, yes, let me put the banner up. Yeah, it, it was. It, it's pretty bad. But I'll read it anyway. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you putting it up? Here we go. This week's inductee needed to really dig deep down in her soul to find any good. An Indian woman in Mumbai who was married this past September filed a police report on the grounds that she was cheated into marrying a man who wasn't who he claimed to be. The woman is claiming that she and her family should receive their dowry back. I didn't know they still did dowries. Really? Yep. In India. For her recent marriage on the grounds that she was cheated into marrying a man. A man who she was led to believe had a full head of hair. Really, Paul? This one hit a little home, maybe? <laughs> so, I didn't lie to my wife. It turns out that they had been married and the woman discovered that her new husband was wearing a wig. <laughs> He had no idea she was wearing a bald man and claimed the woman in her police report she had, that she had been duped. The police are now asking the man to surrender to their custody by turning himself in, really. Is there like a all-points bulletin out on this dude for, for a fake marriage? I didn't check the uh, the Indian uh, Crime Bureau, but you yeah, check the blotter in the article. Blotter? No. <laughs> Apparently, he didn't lie, and he and his family have to have a dow- dowry to return. Congratulations, Mr. Bald Hater. You are this week's inductee 
into the cigar and say asylum. No, I, Mrs. Bald Hater. She's the one that belongs. Whatever. I blame Eric Espinosa for this insane asylum this week. Oh, I think I I think this more is importantly. Ooh. That's it. That's the picture. Oh, send that to Paul so we can screen share that. Oh my God. You know what that looked like? What are those little figurines with the big eyes that everybody's all into now? Precious moments? No. They're, they're, they're yeah, like, yeah, I don't know what they're called. They're like the bobbleheads, yeah. but they're uh, yeah. they're like little toys. That, that and they have the big head. Yeah, I don't know what they're called. They look like one. I sent it to you, Paul. But I blame Eric Espinosa because I was on La Zona Palooza. I, we couldn't have a pre-KMA show, and we don't have a pre-show, and I have to read the asylum for the first time live on the air. This is what you end up with. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I apologize. Wow, wow. Yeah, awful, awful, <laughs> awful asylum. But yeah, can anybody on our uh, on our page on our fan, tell me what I'm talking about? What do they call those things? They're like collectibles. They make them like I've seen like the Guardian of the Galaxy one. I don't know what you're talking Funko, about. Funko. Yeah. <laughs> Funko, thank you, Hector, my man. That was not Cohen. Funko. Funko. Funko, little Funko heads. What? Yeah, Funko? I couldn't tell from your. Yeah, Google it. I could. Well, let's see. Put it side by side up. I'll put a Funko in that picture. Let's see how similar. Oh, hold on, I'm still. I'm still trying to get Coop's uh, picture uploaded. Coop, is this you here? That is wow. my. Yeah, that's what my. That's, that's one, and I sent you one, Paul. I know that's that George I Michael too, five o'clock but... shadow right there. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's my son. Wow! Just proof how getting old sucks. Full head of hair. <laughs> yeah, good. hair falls out at random. How early were you when your hair went out? Um, probably my mid thirties. Probably oh, around yeah, yeah, thirty four, thirty five. Yeah. I'm gonna guess that's your mom and dad. Yeah. No, <laughs> that, that's, that's his wife, Abe. Now that, that that that's my wife on the right, and oh, in sorry. the middle is uh, a person by the name of Kurt Smith. He's the lead singer for Tears for Fears. Oh yeah, I don't have my glasses on. I'm sorry. Yep. So uh, my wife's gonna love the fact she's now been broadcast on KMA radio. Nice. <laughs> She'll never know. Uh, maybe I, maybe I should have cut her out. No, that's okay. It's okay. Uh, I mean, it's on a Facebook. It's on Facebook, so it's public yeah. out there. You just found it. <laughs> so. Um, and, uh, yeah, that picture was dead. How old were you here? Um, I was 31. Look at that beautiful oh. chest hair. That chest hair, though. <laughs> that cardigan. <laughs> you guys are killing me. That's that, that wow. was a, yeah, that was a denim shirt I was wearing. And I forget oh, why yeah, I was wearing that. that denim shirt. I forget why I was wearing a denim shirt that day, but we went, my wife and I were in New York City, and, uh, we, we met Kurt Smith in the, uh, East Village. So you were a Tears for Fears fan? I'm still a Tears for Fears guy. Let's hear something. Oh no. <laughs> Hector said that's not a beard. Uh, yeah. That counts. I, I you know what makes that picture was found pretty quick. You guys did good work. This is this is not this is the A team we have here. That picture was found very quickly. Investigative reporting at its best. I'm trying yeah, to find is... the closest Funko doll that might look to you, like you. Uh, now, Abe, I saw some pictures of you with hair, so I mean, we could go yes. down that road too. Yes. there's some classics out there. I saw. Yes. Uh, yeah, we all had hair. All, all those bald guys had hair at one point or not. There was a time. That Paul, you're next. I mean, uh, I I think we've shown pictures of me with 
hair. I, I think it, yeah. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I mean, I I had at one point I had really good hair, like the the part in the middle and the long flowing <laughs> mm. Those were the days. <laughs> the what is it? The wings? What are they called? Wings? That was more like I don't know. In the '90s, it was cool to like have longer hair and parted in the middle. In the middle, yeah, nice. yeah. I, so I had that, I had that haircut. No, it was not a bowl cut. <laughs> maybe, when I, maybe when I was like, you know, six years old, I, had, I don't know. No, I always had crew cuts. Hey, Paul, I just sent you an image before we check out. We got five minutes left. Okay. See so if you can get that up next to Coop. I think they look very similar. Give me a moment. I can't uh, wait to see no. this. Talk, talk amongst yourselves while I'm doing it. because it it so, Omar, any exciting stuff you want to talk about? Let our friends know, uh, let our fans know uh, about AJ Fernandez, anything going on? Yeah, we got a couple new things uh, coming out soon. Uh, I'm excited about what we're going to do. Well, anything. Um, what happened? Anything that you could talk about? Um, no, we'll, we'll, we'll break it as time goes on. But yeah, when are the rounds hitting the market? They're, they they hit this week. Okay, they, so they're they already started out. shipping. You should be All getting right. them pretty soon. All right, good. Good to know. Yeah, Kyle will be harassing you. So nice head of hair, by the way, Omar. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I didn't wear my hat very often when I played baseball. I hate wearing a cap. Really? Yeah, I would take you know, it off, one, one thing, off the field. One thing we didn't talk about is pitchers are all crazy, in my experience. Oh, well. A, a nice. lot of – no offense, Omar, but you can probably admit that the most, ex, the most eccentric men on a baseball team are always the pitchers. I think so. You know, I, I was a, I was a lax guy when I wasn't pitching. I was in really intense about thirty minutes before the game started. When I started getting loose, it's like a switch would would come on. It was different. It, it you know the rest of the time I was joking, having a good time, enjoying it. You know that's why I, I like to doing stuff that that uh, the people we had that did what you used to do. You know, and uh, and I always participated in all that. All right, here we go. Here's Coop. Oh boy, here, here we go. Is this Funko? Wait, is this Coop or, or Omar that you sent me, Abe? No, I, I think it looks like Coop's young picture, the one that he just posted. If you look at that, you look at the picture. Look, see? Mm. No? No. The eyes? Yeah. Yeah, I could kind of see it. Yeah. yeah. No? No, I don't see it. <laughs> maybe the eyes. Okay, maybe I see what you're saying with the eyes. You can cut the kind of, yeah, Okay, I see what you're saying. Because yeah, well, my head, my head to was find... too squished. I was trying to find one with the right hair, maybe with a five o'clock. Yeah, they all have different. Maybe we need a Coop Funko in the near future. There you go. <laughs> there you go. That's, That's it. All right. Well, listen. I want to have Saka do it. Have Saka do it, and then they'll be given away with no problem. <laughs> so- By the way, that, that those three feet Saka squatches have hit the the ground. We never really measured it, but there's big debates. No one says it's really three feet big. But I don't know. Because oh, you think it's smaller? I didn't even really notice it, but I guess I took a picture of it with it. And But they said that it being next to me would automatically make it look like not three feet big. Right. It's yeah. hard to gauge with you. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. You should it measure is, it hard. I'm going to measure it. You guys uh, yeah, are giving it away. You're not going to keep it? From the... We are giving it away. You're not going to keep it in the store? Red Meat Lovers. I, I have two in the store. Oh, okay. Okay. Red Meat Lovers Club. Uh... 2020 meat box press is dropping officially now December 9th. So, so on December 9th, I think we're going to start sales early in the day, about noon Eastern standard time. We'll have a big virtual event with Saka that night. Right. 
And um, at the end of the event, we're going to give away one of those three foot socket squatches. Somebody's going to get one in their in their. Uh, that is awesome. Yeah. Allegedly three foot. Allegedly. <laughs> it really is allegedly. You're in that camp. I can't tell you if it's three foot or not. Alex, you think it? You don't think it's three feet? Uh, no, I mean, if it's not, it's close. If it's not, it's close. It's. it's I mean, it could be like twenty. Nine inches, twenty-eight. Right. I mean, it's I think okay. twenty incher. Maybe, maybe thirty-two. Maybe thirty-two. Maybe 30. If he stood up, if he stood up tall, he would be three feet. Well, he's a little crouched, you know. Okay, yeah, but a- um, but you know, they're gonna be a big hit, man. Everybody's gonna want one, so uh, it should be fun. All right, next week, uh, Omar. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure yeah, having thank you, Omar. AMA. And uh, H.M. Yep. Fernandez represented here on KMA for the first time in uh, in a long time. So I hope you uh, enjoyed yourself. Uh, it was a pleasure having you. Coop, my man, as always, thank you for your contributions every week, giving KMA the little bit of class it needs. Hey, thank you very much for having me. Uh, nice, <laughs> to be, Great to be the first one uh, from A.J. Fernandez on here. It took a while, but we're here, right? And uh Good. Looking forward to a lot of big things and uh, sharing the screen here with Coop is always uh, uh, a neat treat. Absolutely. Yep. Good stuff. Well, gentlemen, enjoy your weekends. Next week, week. Jonathan Drew, Drew Estate. Never a boring show. We got a lot of stuff to catch up with with Jonathan, talk about some cool stuff. And there it is. I don't know. Does that look like it's three feet? I don't know. It's like 31. Yeah. No, but I'll tell you what, you look thin in that picture, dude. Oh, yeah. You, you look good, man. I've taken some classes for a lot of these women I know that have a, a master's class in optical. Uh, photo uh, like this? Whatever, bro. I've seen these angles, man. <laughs> You're <laughs> learning that on TikTok. I will text yeah. someone who knows. I'm like, who is this person? Because it is not <laughs> with these photographs. Yes, it's. It's all about the optical photography. So, yes. Nice. Give us some nice. guesses on right. Facebook, and then I'll go measure it and see what it actually yeah, is. Yeah, throw some guesses. Oh, yeah. Let's see what you guys think, how big that – put that picture up. I'm give them one last chance. Guess and shoot. Maybe if you, somebody hits the exact measurement on the nose, we'll send them a KMA swag pack, right? So measure that out. See what you think. How big do you think that statue is? Is it three feet or is it not three feet? That is the question. All right. Awesome. Next week, Jonathan True. In the meantime, all our fans all over the country, keep it lit.